to Comadresi Comics. Comadresi Comics is a podcast hosted by three Latina women. We focus on the Latinx presence in the comic industry with a special focus on strong female characters and creators. Well, hello and welcome to episode 18, girls. How are you guys doing? I'm doing great. I'm getting over some con crud still from San Diego, but I'm feeling fine. Excellent. Excellent. How are you doing, Jen? I'm doing great. <laughs> and by the way, guys, we are your hosts. I am Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. How are you guys doing? Well, let's get right into it. What's the cheese de la semana? Do you guys mind if I start? No, go, go ahead. ahead. All right. Well, I'm really excited. My cheese de la semana is uh, I actually got to see Lalo Alcaraz one more time. Um, he was doing a meet and greet at uh, Casa Fina in Boyle Heights. Oh, and I really wanted to go to that. Yeah, it was, was so cool. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that, guys. Um, yeah, no, he was really, really, really nice. He did a, a little um, kind of um, talked about his artwork, and uh, he um, he had a screen up, and he showed us some of his pieces and described what he was, like, trying to project with them, and um, he had a Q&A. So um, I recorded some of that, so I'll be posting that on the Facebook uh, page and um, he's just super nice. Yeah, he's yeah. like I remember you with the boss. At, you know, <laughs> he's at like Comic Con. He's just super nice. And so I said, Hey man, you know, um, would you be interested in coming down and uh, and recording with us one day? He's like, You know, I'm a real scatterbrain, but if you keep pressing me, I'm sure I'll do it. He's like, it's something I'm really interested in doing. So that's really exciting. And then a uh, special shout out to uh, the girl. These there's these girls from uh, that have a page called Dimelo. Uh-huh. Um, and they're uh, journalist students. Oh, cool! And uh, they asked to interview us. Um, I was there, I say us because I went with my cousin who actually studied some of Lalo's work at Bryn Mawr. Oh, wow! So um, nice. she brought a book down, and uh, she had him sign because uh, I mean it was a big deal for her. I yeah, was like yeah. really excited. I actually oh, it, was she the one that had the I saw some uh, pictures and video that she had her, her tank top that said educate a lot right exactly Ooh. and um, another shout out to uh, to another uh, nice establishment that happens once a month um, around the LA area called uh, Molcajete Dominguero where there's a lot of Latin products for Latin people it, it's mm-hmm. a lot of cute stuff like that mm-hmm. she got her shirt from oh there. that's where she got it oh yeah. nice that's cool. yeah, that I bad. want one of those Chibona <laughs> shirts really yes. yeah. Um Lalo actually commented on that. He goes, that's a great shirt. Where'd you get it? And so now, like, I'm spreading the word of Molcajete uh, Dominguera. Um, oh, cool. Um, but these young ladies are studying journal- journalism, and they interviewed my cousin, and I, that's who I was recording for the oh, uh, cool. Instagram. I thought it was so cool because um, they went to that event, and they interviewed other people. Mm-hmm. They interviewed a whole family who went there to support. There was this one fellow who, uh, while we were outside filming, um, he he uh, asked me. He said, "Oh, are they selling the T-shirts here?" And I said, "Oh, you mean the ones with the with the elote attacking?" Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. And he goes, he goes, "Yeah." And I go, "No, they're not selling T-shirts. Actually, the drawing was uh, drawn by um, Lalo Alcaraz, and then mm-hmm. somebody took his mm-hmm. image and started making T-shirts." Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in a sense, he kind of they kind of stole his well, yeah. Yeah. and he's Which, like really yeah. I didn't know that so he called his friend he's like no there's no t-shirts here but we're meeting the real artist come <laughs> on down uh-huh. and yeah they actually went inside and uh, purchased oh, some cool. of the some of the prints so oh, nice. so yeah that's what I'm did he have those uh, Elotero prints there available oh yes, oh, good. yes. Okay. and half of the proceeds of those prints were going to um, Benjamin who, the Elotero uh-huh. who had his yeah. cart 
um, thrown over. Mm-hmm. Um, he he was actually gonna personally deliver fifty percent of. Oh, the that's process. great! Yeah, he's like, where can I get a large check? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know, but please record it. I totally want to see yeah, it. You yeah. Know? So hopefully we'll get to see that on his Instagram uh-huh. or on his social media. So uh, he's just super nice. He's really really amazing. Um, so I, I, that was a, a great opportunity to to uh, represent and also to support um, Latino artists. I mean, he's a really big deal. He so is. He doesn't really need our support, but <laughs> <laughs> it's always good to and, show up. And yeah. actually, um, I saw him at the uh, Latino Comics um, panel at San Diego as really? well. He nice. was part of that That's panel, great. and it was um, it was really good. And he shared a lot of his. Um, his uh, prints and stuff that we saw at East LA Comic Con mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and just talked about uh, how he got into the industry and stuff like that. But um, it seems like he's all over the place. Yeah. And nice. he's, yeah. I also, he's like, so what's coming up? What are we doing next time? And I said, well, um, are you going to be at the uh, um, Latino Expo in Long Beach? She's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be there, but part time. And then I'm, sep- um, I'm, uh, breaking up my time into another event. Oh, he's like, so I'll probably see you there. So, well, uh, I didn't get to go. It was fully my intention, but I got sick in San Diego, um, and I just didn't have the energy in me to go. But he um, partnered with a, a local brewer in um, I can't remember what it was called, but a local brewer and brewery in San Diego, and they had their own little Latino comic con. There in yeah. San Diego, mm-hmm. I believe I gave out the info. Yeah, 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 yeah. And actually, my uh, I had the full intention of going to that one because I usually just hang out outside when I don't have mm-hmm, Comic Con tickets. Mm-hmm. But just so much was happening, and my husband wasn't here, so I was like, oh, I'm gonna skip it this year. Yeah. But but that was my intention was just to go to that. Yeah, and maybe yeah. do other stuff outside. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Oh, so that's cool. I'm I'm sorry I missed it. I actually was in um, Indio uh, because for my birthday, my husband gave me tickets to see Lionel Richie. Yeah. <laughs> I saw your Facebook and I was I was so happy because he originally bought me tickets to um, one of his shows in May. It actually was on free comic book day. It was May 6th here uh, in Los Angeles. I think it was at the Hollywood Bowl. And for some reason, he canceled it. Um, he he was touring, or he is touring with Mariah Carey, and they canceled and they postponed it to, I believe it happened this last weekend here. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the interim, he found tickets available in Indio, and since his parents live in Indio, it was kind of like a, a two-for-one. We went to see Lionel and his parents, so. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. I love Lionel Richie. Yeah, he, he was amazing. He was really, really good. So did he do all the old hits? He I'm did. I, I did. Just lo- I love him. <laughs> I, I, you know, I grew up watching um, like um, VH1 mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So I remember the uh, Hello um, <laughs> video. Hello. Yeah. With, with the girl that was blind and she yes! had yes. I still feel like. Well, so I, I became endeared. With uh, Lionel, when I was a little kid, um, my mom had a Commodore's 8-track 
cassette that she used to play in her black Trans Am that looked just like the Smokey and the Bandit car. <laughs> um, and I just, from I memorized all the songs. I knew them all. And uh, so I was a big Commodores fan. And then when he went solo, I just um, loved all of his stuff. And I love the sappy, cheesy love song. So. Me too. <laughs> that's what, when they were really cool yeah. back in the day. Yeah, so it was fun. But that's why I miss Lalo. Um, because I had, in, I had said that I was interested and yeah. then I realized it was the same weekend. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So Jen, what's your cheese me? My cheese me is actually threefold. So I got all the dirt right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, uh, the Pacific Rim movie, the sequel, the Pacific Rim sequel, has been delayed. It hasn't been delayed by much, but about a month. Is but this the still second movie? Yeah, the second. I movie. feel like there's been another one already. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know why. I actually like that movie. I know it got a lot of uh, negative reviews and stuff, but I loved it. I love that movie. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. Loved it. I love the whole premise, the monsters living yeah. under the earth and stuff. I love it. It was very neon. neon on Genesis Evangelion meets well American industry <laughs> so just like anything with giant robots it has my full attention absolutely and because I just I, I I love it it's dumb but it's great like mm-hmm. I just, it's so I love Pacific I Rim. didn't get past the dumb part <laughs> <laughs> oh my god uh, there's an amazing honest trailer for it that I'll I'll post up later on Facebook, Excellent. but it literally captures every single one of my feelings about that Pacific Rim <laughs> movie. Um, but it, it's been delayed from February 23rd to March 23rd of next year, so it's it isn't much. But uh, the reason that it might have been delayed is because um, uh, editing issues oh, and could be, like yeah. re-editing stuff mm-hmm. like that and John Boyega is like super busy he's Ugh. doing so much was stuff was he right in the now. first one uh no he okay uh-huh, yeah, he, I was he, like I don't remember him in that first one no he's coming out in the second gotcha. one though so they got they got him in there and he just did the Troy it just it's a it just came out, the, um, uh, which I heard here is really good. I did, too. Yeah. And so um, he's he's all over the place, and he, they just finished filming The Last Jedi, and now mm-hmm. they're in the editing process. And that's basically pretty much it, I think, is that um, they I think they needed to re-edit some, uh, reshoot some scenes, but he's very busy, so they delayed it for uh, about okay. a month. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the first part of my achievement. My second one is that... They are doing a Karate Kid sequel. Yes! What? That's the awesome. Sweep the leg! <laughs> <laughs> Sweep the leg. I know. Oh, my God. Okay, so as I was telling Kristen earlier, there are three movie franchises that I will always watch. Guaranteed, no matter what, I don't care how many reboots they make, how many reinterpretations they do, I don't care in what format, what style, I will go see them. That's Fast and the Furious, okay. any Rocky movies, Yes. and... Karate Kid. <laughs> I, like uh, honestly, I loved the Jackie Chan one with, I did too. with um, uh, Jaden Smith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I, I loved it. A lot of people were like, "Oh, why did they have to do it again?" Yeah, like, Karate's Japanese. Yeah. Like, I'm just, and I'm just like, "Bruh, I don't care." I, lo- I just I'm like, it's, you know it's what? Great. I've never seen that one. Yeah. I forgot all about it. Oh, yeah, what? I like it. I'm very, so I'm very fond I loved of it. Because yeah. I, I love. Okay. Who doesn't love regular Karate Kid? It's like a cultural icon now. Yeah. Um, Ralph but Macchio. <laughs> oh, I loved... I had... Okay, 
So back in the day, they had the teen beat and the bop yes. and all of that. I would get them and I would tear all the pictures of all my heart dogs, but he was my favorite. <laughs> he, I fell in love with him in um, in the Outsiders. Oh, oh yeah. Outsiders. <laughs> oh, my God. Big Golden Pony Boy. Big Golden. Big Golden Pony Boy. Oh, hey. God. Yeah, I love mean, that movie. <laughs> okay. And he, Outsiders was my shit. He okay. looks exactly the freaking the same. same. Yeah. Dude, the same. Mm-hmm. He doesn't age. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so there is going to be a sequel. It's going to be coming out in YouTube Red, and it's going to be called Cobra Kai. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I, I might have to get it. me some YouTube Red. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to mooch off my best friend. Sorry, <laughs> Carla. You, uh, I'm just mooching off of you. Yes. <laughs> but uh, this is the full synopsis for it. The series, set to bow in 2018, is set 30 years after the events of the 1984 All-Valley Karate Tournament and revolves around a down-and-out Johnny who, seeks redem- seeking redemption, reopens the infamous Cobra Kai Dojo. It reignites his rivalry with a now-successful Daniel, who has been struggling to maintain balance in his life without the guidance of his mentor, Mr. Miyagi, the late Pat Morita. Um, the half-hour comedy follows the duo addressing demons from their past and present frustrations through karate. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> of course. <laughs> Wait, so it's a comedy? Yeah, it's going to be a oh, comedy. Oh, yeah. Is Ralph Macho going to be the, the successful? <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, it is. Um, uh, so <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> I got so excited. Yeah, the, the actors are going to be the same the ones. Same so ones. Yeah, um, so it's and Ralph Macchio and the 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 other dude, the other dude. dude. Yeah, awesome. so, yeah, so Josh Held from Hot Tub Time Machine, as well as John Hurwitz and Hayden Schlossberg. Is that I'm saying that right? <laughs> uh, or Schloss, whatever. Uh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Will pen the script and executive pro- executively produce alongside Macho and Zapka. Hurwitz and Schlossberg will direct much of the series. Uh, will Smith Sony Pictures Television Studios, based Overbrook Entertainment, will executive will executively produce with James Lasseter and Kelly Pinkett overseeing for the company. So nice. there is yeah, there's some investment in this, and I'm Interesting. excited. I, I love it. I yes. know. I'm, I'm I'm set. I'm gonna watch this. I'm uh, either I'll borrow my friend's <laughs> or I will finally pay for my own. But I'm gonna watch it. I'm so excited. I saw that come across my Facebook today, and I was like, oh my gosh! But I didn't <laughs> see that it was gonna be on uh, YouTube Red. But that's okay. Uh, I'll have to. We'll have, have to, to show us some money. Yeah. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah, and I'm on YouTube a lot. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. It's going to be amazing. Oh, um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. So All cool. right. So my third piece of cheese mint, and this has to do with the upcoming Inhumans TV show. Womp womp. <laughs> and uh, early reviews of it are calling it simply awful oh yeah so inhumans is actually going to be coming out this is going to be the first of marvel's um uh, tv series that's going to be showing in imax mm-hmm. so i'm excited about that i don't I'm care how bad it is i want to be there to see last in imax yeah yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> legit like i'm gonna see this i'm gonna see this train wreck because i saw that trailer <laughs> i saw i saw that trailer and i was not impressed yeah I, when I, I keep telling everybody once i saw medusa's hair i was just like yeah, oh, i know no, right yeah i'm just and like she yeah. looks like she's like immobile like 
Yeah, like <laughs> like uh, you know, like the thing her, you're doing with your hair right now is funny. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it looks like she can't move, and I'm just like, have y'all ever seen? Like, I get it. Like hair, hair's yeah, hard. Hair's yeah. hard, especially with CGI. But mm-hmm. honestly, honestly, I've seen better wigs and better styles done on TV on shows. This is Marvel. They yeah. have the money. Yeah, they can go full Game of Thrones status with the uh, with the costumes, with the hair, with the makeup. But it's not. I'm not getting Game of Thrones. I am getting like. Uh, I, I don't like. I know you too. You're, you're making an interesting point though, because this mm-hmm. is this their first TV show that mm-hmm. is with characters that they will have to, the first time they have to heavily rely on CGI mm-hmm. and besides Robbie Reyes when he came mm-hmm. on the shield well, which was great I love I know they spend like more than half of their budget on, on just that, that one. CGI but yeah. Yeah, yeah that was some good CGI so mm-hmm. I mean I can understand how I mean I I saw the trailer and yeah I, I definitely agree with the the cheesiness uh uh, take on it as far as w- what everyone's opinion was about it, but I wonder if that does play into the fact that, um, or play into a p- cause a problem for Marvel that mm-hmm. all of these characters. I mean, Shield is all. Um, if there's like uh, there's some Inhumans in there, although they don't call them. Or do yeah. they do call them? I think they do call yeah, them. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. But I mean, the the effects aren't as fantastical as what I think they might need for uh, some of the mm-hmm. some of the royal family. Yeah, stuff. especially since they're supposed to be like the super powerful yeah. ones. And when I saw them do like a uh, black. Um, uh, Black Bolt mm-hmm. and how when he got hit he like breathed and all the car yeah and I'm just like bro that's too loud already <laughs> like if he actually like yes, that's too much yeah. if he actually yeah. like this is the, the god that we're talking about if he even sighs yes. too loud like everything will mm-hmm. be destroyed like mm-hmm. and I was just like that's not I was just like that's not powerful enough <laughs> like he like this guy we're talking about a guy who makes any noise and like. Your your brain will pop like your ears yeah. will rupture. You'll be like bleeding. I, I it's definitely that character's mm-hmm. power is definitely more easily portrayed in comic form. Mm-hmm. I mean, on TV, it's a little bit difficult to just have a character, a main character at that, just be silent the entire time. Mm-hmm. Which, um, just from what I saw in the in the trailer, um, I mean. And he has to be a great actor. I'm hoping that he is to pull that off. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can see just for, like, um, show factor, you know, yeah. that little breath or that little sigh or whatever <laughs> that they had to include that yeah. we know that would destroy the entire city. Yeah. But mm-hmm. maybe some new comic book fans, they don't know that. They don't, like, I, before I even got into comic books, I knew who the what X-Men were because of the movies, because mm-hmm. of the cartoons and everything. Everyone knew, at least had some passing idea from who the X-Men were. The Inhumans, I never yeah. heard of them until I fully got into the yeah, comic book world. me too. Mm-hmm. But, anyways, um, the people who reviewed it were saying, uh, this is the full review, simply awful. I'm so disappointed since I genuinely love everything Marvel does. But this is absolutely terrible. The dialogue is atrocious. The fight sequences are shockingly choreographed. The sets are more so the obvious green screen. Aren't that crash hot either. It's only saving grace is Lockjaw, who is adorable. Aww. Aww. Whose um, who's review is this? Um, and um, 
This review. <laughs> Jen always gets the cat. I always get the cat. I'm here to deliver <laughs> that cat. And, and this review was posted by Spoiler TV. Okay. Yeah. Mm. And um, it's it's not looking so hot. I will I will watch the Inhumans myself just mm-hmm. to see it. Me too. Yeah, of course. And I'll, I'll, I'm with this person. Like I'm I will literally only do it for Lockjaw. I <laughs> love Lockjaw. And for the bare minimum hope that Miss Marvel will be like yes. mentioned or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like um I read a lot of the comments on some of the reviews that came out today and some people were actually saying, um yeah, sucks that the people who saw it think that, that it's not good and, you know, that, that they definitely could have done better. But remember when season one, uh, remember S.H.I.E.L.D. season one? Oh, <laughs> my God. I can't, can I forget? <laughs> I remember S.H.I.E.L.D. So. season one. I remember S.H.I.E.L.D. season two. And I remember <laughs> S.H.I.E.L.D. season three. Um, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying that S.H.I.E.L.D. is bad because I... I I did I did watch it, yeah. but um, they literally did not get me to further continue yeah. uh, until they introduced right. Ghost Rider. Yeah. And then as soon as he was out, I was just like, I'm out, <laughs> yo. I, I got what I needed, and I literally came back just for those 12 seconds. And, and everybody now. still is talking about that particular part of that season, that mm-hmm. his his uh, role that he played, and just the awesome CGI that. They did. I haven't seen it yet. I haven't. I went and restarted uh, Shield, so I'm actually in the middle of season one right now. <laughs> oh my! But um, definitely, I think I've mentioned it before here. Yeah, um, I love in- the Inhumans. Um, I actually read more Inhuman-related uh, books than I do X-Men right now. I'm trying to get into the X-Men stuff, but it's kind of hard. But I love all of the New Human storyline. Ms. Marvel is amazing, and yes, I I. Yep. I want to watch this show with my fingers crossed that some of the characters that I love are going to be mentioned or at least make a cameo. Yeah. Well, you know, um, I expect it to be better than what's being reviewed right now, for sure. I yeah. mean, I, I was really a big fan of Agent Carter. That was a great oh, show. I loved yeah. Carter. Oh, that was a really great show, and I think they Drama did it really well. Uh, yeah, with with the props and everything, setting it back to the 1930s, no, 40s, uh, 40s? post World War Two. Okay, yes, <laughs> <laughs> whatever year that was. <laughs> but um, <laughs> late late 40s. Just uh, a reminder: this is a comics podcast, <laughs> not history. <laughs> yeah. Late late 40s, um, uh, early 50s. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, having said that, I mean, they do put out great stuff. So, hopefully, yeah. uh, but you know what? I did see the trailer and uh, wasn't too happy with it. It left much to be desired. I'm I'm glad that they didn't release a lot, much of the plot because, uh, as is the problem with most trailers, is that they, yeah, give they, too much. they give away too much. So, that, there was that, but at the same time, I was just mm-hmm. like, the only part that made me want to see that show was towards the end when they showed Lockjaw. Yeah. And I was just like, that's it. I'm here. I don't <laughs> care. I don't, they literally could have, like, left the green screen on for the rest of the trailer. But if they had showed me Lockjaw, I would have been like, that's it. I'm there. I'm here. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm there for this. Present. <laughs> I'm present. Well, the opposite of what Jen is talking about <laughs> in humans 
is what I have to say um, about my team of the Samana, which was the fact that I actually went to the Defenders panel at San Diego, and they surprised everybody by um, letting us see the first episode of Defenders that is coming out soon. Yes! Um, and before I get into this, actually, a little side uh, note as well. They also let us see the first Punisher uh, trailer. Oh, my god! Oh, my gosh. It was freaking amazing. Really? It was so good. And the actor who plays Punisher, I can't remember his name. I just... Um, I remember him Shane? from Shane. Yeah, I, I was just saying, I just remember him <laughs> oh, as Shane. Right. <laughs> he was Walking Dead. From Walking Dead. Dead. But he is the perfect, perfect, perfect Punisher. Um, he had me at that one, uh, spoilers, that fight scene that he had at the end uh, with uh, with Daredevil. Oh, uh-huh. uh-huh. It's oh, been two years. It's not spoiling <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I don't know how long it's been. I don't know if you... But that, when he would... When he went into like that little story, yeah, I was like moved to tears. Yeah, so He's amazing. Yeah. It was just, it made me so excited about this particular uh, Netflix uh, series coming. Um, I love them all, um, but it just made me so super excited. And uh, in the Defenders panel, they did talk about how um, uh, Iron Fist has gotten um, the green light for a second season. Hopefully they get a oh <laughs> can, can, can we have them take some kung fu lessons? Please? Please. 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 Um, and can um, we stop being the wide-eyed uh, innocent boy, too? Can you put some <laughs> shoes on? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we know that uh, Jessica Jones yeah. is uh, yeah. coming and uh, also... Um, Luke Cage. Mm-hmm. Uh, we already have a second of Daredevil. But that all is leading us into what we got to see uh, that night, which was um, the first episode of Defenders, which was a little backstory in this first episode. And it was really good. I really liked it a lot. Eddie, who was with me, said he thought it was kind of slow. But it's the first episode that you're basically catching up with each of the um, characters of where they are individually. They haven't met yet. Okay. In the first okay. episode. Okay. So, okay. Um, so that's kind of your. They're kind of setting the um, the, mood. the yeah the yeah. mood and the the um, foundation yeah. for how they're going to come together as the defenders. Yeah. So exciting. I think we've all seen did that you, trailer. Did you like it? I loved it. I loved it. Yay. Okay, so, and, spoiler alert too, but like, close your ears if you don't really want to know, but this uh, it's awesome news anyway, and Misty Knight was in the first <gasps> <Yes>. episode. <laughs> I love me some Misty. I love Misty So, um, I, I loved it because, to me, um, the relationships that are, um, that occur in the comics amongst all of these characters, to me, are they're just so like they're the meat of those characters to me. Yeah. Um, and so I'm really super interested and excited to see the relationship, the relationships between all of them, um, the relationship between Jessica and Luke, the relationship between Luke and um, uh, Danny, mm-hmm. the relationship between uh, Misty and Danny. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. I mean, I don't know if that's going to happen, but I'm just, I'm so there to see what is going to happen. And the first episode, um, to me, was 
uh, Eddie said it was slow, but to me, it was building the foundation of that storytelling of the relationships that I'm looking forward to. So yeah. how was it to be, like, in a room full of people that are anticipating this series and all of them cheering <laughs> and stuff like that? Yes, actually. Well, when, um, when certain people would show up or certain things were said or, like, little Easter eggs or oh, things that, that, that comic readers um, recognize from storylines that they had read, they would cheer and clap and yell. Um, that was really cool to, to be a part of. Oh, I love it's it when that happens. Like communal experience. Yes, yes, exactly. And it was an absolute surprise to everybody. Then nobody knew that that's what they were going to do. So that was really cool. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. And how about the actors? Uh, how are they? Were they on the panel? Like, yeah, they all came out and um, they all talked about how much fun it was to to all be together. Um, Kristen talked a lot about. Um, playing pranks and uh, how they all they all you know joked around and stuff on set and um how they um got along together and stuff so i really i really from what i saw on the stage and what uh, i seen in the trailers i really am hoping that what they're talking about, the camaraderie they have, and this the connection they have um really comes across really comes across in the acting yeah, side note, uh, Kristen is talking about Kristen Ritter, yes. who, <laughs> who, who happens to be jo- uh, Jack Tripper's daughter. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. uh, what was his name? John, John Ritter. Ritter. Mm-hmm. Love that guy. Yeah. Grew up with him. Super, super Amazing talented. guy, yeah. yeah. And his his daughter's really, I, lo- I love her work. Did I you ever see in the B in Apartment? I haven't. Apartment 3 or Apartment, apartment B? B? The B in an apartment, apartment something. 13? Or I, don't I don't know, but it's so good. <laughs> the <laughs> She's amazing. It's so good. She plays this, like, her humor is very dry and, like, sardonic. And um, her best friend is James Vanderbeek. James, James Vanderbeek? Plain James, James Vanderbeek. Oh, oh, it is so good. It's so <laughs> funny. Uh, I highly, highly, highly recommend watching it. It's on, I'm not sure if it's Netflix or Hulu, but it is available. It got canceled, I think, after only one season. But the, that season, I highly recommend you watch it. I um, saw her in uh, Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad. Oh, she yeah. Was she, was the, she was the one that he killed, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. That le- well, he let her die. Right. He basically just watched yeah, her die. Yeah, he watched her die. Yeah. yeah. I remember. Yeah. That's actually... I rem- that particular episode is the episode where I said I need a break from Breaking Bad. No. It was like so, it was getting so dark and just, I, it was starting to affect me emotionally and I haven't finished. I, that's the last episode I've ever seen. Really? Oh. Yeah. I, Spoiler alert. <laughs> a lot of people are going to give me shit, but like, I still haven't seen a single episode. Oh, no. Oh. Nope. Um, I've been meaning to. It's the same thing with Game of Thrones. Where, like, I haven't seen a single episode either. Oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> I haven't seen that either. But, but I feel like I know what happens because everybody talks about it. So I'm just like, uh, do I really need to? <laughs> I see people talking about it, but I don't really, because I haven't seen it, it doesn't register with me. So I want to see it. I love that kind of, like, um, fantasy. I love fantasy. Yeah, like, stuff. I, oh, I love fantasy. Fantasy is my shit. Uh, but... And like and dragons, like that <laughs> anything dragons immediately has like my heart. Yeah, I, I, it it owns me. Like I really want to just see all the kick-ass women that everyone. Oh talking my about. god, yeah. it blows my mind how good it is. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just 
the women my god the balls on those women <laughs> no excuse me the ovaries <laughs> dude oh my god I can't oh you guys are I wanna killing me I want to say it just for Cersei uh, mm. Lannister Lannister Lannister, Lannister yeah. just cause like I've seen so many like gifts and yeah, like memes uh, like, about yeah. memes and everything that I she looks like she would be my favorite I know she's not good and there's the whole relationship between her and her brother yeah um but i i want i want to see is she the one with the long white hair i know that's the mother of dragons that's uh khaleesi no but uh this is like the very bad character i mean she's like she's like evil she's evil she like will power hungry manipulative complete bitch yeah she she owns my heart already yeah Yeah. you have to oh my god she's just amazing yeah I mean I hate her but I I admire her (laughs) but But I also want to see it for the Khaleesi Daenerys uh, Daenerys? Daenerys. Daenerys. Because yeah. she's the mother of dragons, and I'm just like, I'm here for the dragon Oh, shit. she's a long one. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I love her. I love that name, Daenerys. Daenerys. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, it, uh, it's legit, but like, I've, the thing that has always put me off of not, I'm not watching is one, I can't get it on Netflix. Yeah. It had been on it Netflix. It had been, I remember. It had been, and I was going to watch me it. Me too. But then they <laughs> took it off. Yep. And I don't have access to HBO Go. And I know I like I can probably like look it up on my laptop or something and find it, but I've just been so. Well, I believe they have an add-on to either Hulu or Netflix now for Hulu. I think for HBO. I'm pretty sure it's Hulu. Yeah, because mm. I was watching. Maybe it was because Hulu has Netflix doesn't have commercials. Hulu does, and I was watching Hulu the other day, and there was a commercial mm-hmm. saying that you could watch Game of Thrones now on Hulu, and I was like, Oh my God, yes! And then at the end, they hit you with that with this extra add-on, HBO yeah. add-on that you have to pay more money for. Yeah. Of <laughs> you know what? I'm going to try to find the Blu-rays, and you can borrow Ooh, them. Yeah, I yeah. think I have the first two seasons on Blu-ray. Oh, okay, so what yeah. season is it on? Like. I have no idea, but I think this is the end. Oh, this is the end. Yeah. Because they caught up with the books already. And, uh, whatchamacallit. And now they're, like, doing their own thing, from what I hear. Mm. Honestly, I'd probably get around to reading the books first. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just, I I like, um, a lot of people have sold it to me as, like, it's all like, oh, like you want dragons? Watch the show. But mm-hmm. I know, I know it's not all about the dragons. <laughs> like, I'm just like, 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 fam. I know, I know, I know what Game of Thrones is about, and it it has dragons in it. But dragons are not the main titular characters. Yeah. Don't sell me on that. <laughs> like, I know it has dragons, but the dragons aren't the main characters. That's what I want. But no, no, you're gonna love it. But yeah, yeah, I think I think I will. It's just I need to actually watch yeah, it. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I have the, like I said, I'll look for them and then you guys can distribute amongst them yourselves. But yeah, I, I'm definitely, I, I'm a huge fan. Yeah. Huge fan. Mm-hmm. Well, so that was uh, my my uh, Defenders review. Definitely looking forward to watching it and uh, uh, hopefully all you guys um, out there will watch it. And I'm sure that once it comes on, we'll have a lot to talk about. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I'm going to stream that. I'm probably going to binge that as fast as I can. <laughs> um, but you actually, Kristen, were on a panel at San Diego Comic Con. Uh, yes, I was. It was my okay. So, um, just a little uh, side note: I had 
um, made a personal goal of mine to be on a panel um, with uh, during the 2018 convention uh, season. So I was looking into, um, you know, putting in uh, panel proposals and making up um, groups of people and, you know, thinking and brainstorming uh, panel ideas. And just out of the blue, um, in the Valkyries site, um, Valkyries is the group of uh, women retailer owners and workers uh, in the comic book industry, um, created and started by Kate Leth. Um, in the Valkyrie site, they posted a um, uh, a post that asked, said that they needed somebody to be on a panel uh, at San Diego. And if there was anybody interested, it, the topic was going to be um, uh, diversity in comics, specifically selling comics to a diverse audience. That was the title of the panel and I uh, responded and said I'm, I'll be there I'm interested I'm the only one who responded <laughs> <laughs> so um, it's not like I had like I was the best and I won out I was the <laughs> only one who responded but it was so fun I it was a panel sponsored by Publishers Weekly. Mm-hmm. Uh, the title of it was Selling Comics to a Diverse Audience. And that happens to actually be, and I think I've talked about that in uh, on the podcast, it happens to be something that I'm very passionate about and it's close to my heart. Mm-hmm. So um, I was really um, nervous the whole day. I sat in the uh, professional lounge all day making notes and like oh, answering questions. And I was in there for like three and a half hours. Wow. But once I got up there in front of everyone and started talking, it just was so natural and I wasn't nervous at all. Really? And, I and it was very, it was a lot of fun and it was very well received. And some people from Diamond actually came up uh, to me afterwards and were asking me questions and were really interested in what oh. I had to say. What the hell? That's yeah. so cool. <laughs> that is super awesome. So, yeah. I'm like, I, I was sick when I came back from Comic-Con, and then I'm just barely getting back uh, into work. And then I had jury duty this week, and then I have to return next week. So I haven't actually followed up on any of the um, connections I made at Comic-Con, but I definitely want to uh, do that because there were some people that I met on the panel that I think um, would be really good people to talk about and to help um, encourage and spread more diversity within the industry. Mm-hmm. That is so cool. Oh, I love that when everybody works together. <laughs> yeah. That is so cool. Um and you said Eddie was also on a panel. Yes, Eddie uh, was on a panel. Um, it was a uh, it's a web comics panel. It's um, it's a like a a collective of people who um, do web comics, and every year they have a panel at San Diego where they basically talk about um, what it takes to start your own web comic and how to get it started and um, the different platforms that you can use and uh, that kind of stuff. And the cool thing about uh, Eddie being on this panel is that um, five years ago, he was in the audience to that exact panel 
listening to all of the um, advice that they were giving to people and um, asking questions. And at the end, the cool thing that these guys do at every panel is they give the creators an opportunity to stand up and either pitch an idea that they might have floating around or um, actually promote their webcomic that they already are working on and already have up online. And it was five years ago that Eddie was in the audience and was listening uh, to that and asking questions and uh, to come for full circle and actually be on the panel. That was really awesome. That, that is, is very so cool. cool. Oh, you guys are amazing. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm just like, and was there a lot of audience members? Because I know that was one thing he was nervous about. Yeah, um, his particular panel was pretty late on um, Friday. I believe it was like at nine, eight or nine o'clock. Mm-hmm. Think you so told me nine o'clock. Yeah, it was yeah. really late. So there were people in the audience, but it was um, apparently when we talked um, to the other guys about the um, about the timing. Apparently, they had a different time, and then when it came time to scheduling schedule everyone, their paperwork somehow got lost in the shuffle, and so they kind of got left off. And at the oh. end, when they realized it, they just stuck them where they could. Oh, so <coughs> excuse me. They've already been promised a prime time spot for uh, next year. Next so year. oh, good. But interesting. The guy who um, who was one of the founders of this uh, Webtoon collective, or not Webtoons, because Webtoons is actually a, a website <laughs> that's separa- separate, but this webcomic collective that does this um, this panel, he also was the person who did the podcast panel at Rose... Was it Rose City? No, it was Palm Springs last year Whoa. that I went to go listen to before it, we even got started that I went for ideas. I don't know if it was Palm Springs or Rose City. I feel like it was Rose City, but me- no, it was Palm Springs. Um, so he was the same guy. And so I went up to him afterwards and I said, I just want to let you know that not only have you um, inspired my husband to do his webcom, but you also <laughs> inspired me to start a podcast. And yeah. so he's like, and he, he went and he liked our page. Oh, He wanted me to um, include, uh, to email him the information because he wanted to check us out. Oh, cool. <laughs> Excuse me. So, um, so I did notice that he liked the page and that he's been interacting and stuff. And I can't. Re- I'm sorry if you're listening. I can't remember your name, but <laughs> um, but um, definitely uh, it's so cool. Every year when I leave San Diego, I leave so inspired to do so much stuff. That is that's amazing, so cool. and that is so cool that he actually sees stuff that's happening because of what he does mm-hmm. and what he's trying to relate to the world or whoever's listening yeah and it's actually something somebody took with them and and what is it called you know made it flourish yeah and i think that's amazing i think he's i think he's lucky to know that you guys did something with the advice and i'm and i think he's just amazing for giving out the advice and you know following up with doing these panels and so forth so so shout out to him Shout out to him, the person whose name we shall not name, because we don't know it. Don't know it. Sorry. But thank you for your page, and you know who you are. All the kudos. All the kudos. <laughs> Maybe sometime in the future I'll be able to listen to one of his panels. I, I haven't yeah. even had a chance to. But he does. Um, he does his own web comic. Um, that he does. Um, up online. That he. D- the. I think that panel was actually the audio was. 
um, up. But um, he also, his podcast, he does a few different ones. He does some that are comic related, but he also does one with his wife. Oh, nice. Oh, Ooh, nice. nice. I like that. Yeah. So, And his wife, I think, does um, at least one, but maybe more, um, separate from him as well. So um, their story was really interesting to me. And when they just talked about how they got started and how fun it was and just all the different ways that you can um, help promote yourself when you have a podcast. I mean, their their panel was super, super um, inspiring and very, very informational. That's awesome. That is super cool. Um, that's that's what we try to do here. We we have several other podcasts recording mm-hmm. in this very room, uh, u- utilizing the same, you know, the mics and stuff, you know, to maximize use for that. That's so cool. Any other interesting things that you... Well, I'm sure there's so many things you saw at Comic-Con, <laughs> but what else can you share with us? One of my favorite things that I um, I got to see was actually I went to the Kingsit panel. Oh, that's, <laughs> right. that's right. And um, we already have read the first issue, but... Actually, sitting in a room with Sebastian and the two sisters who are the writer and the um, the artist team was so cool. They are so freaking just like so happy about their project and it just it shows when they talk about it and having them there and answering questions and just seeing the excitement and hearing it in their voices it was one of my favorite panels that i went to really yes it really was and um hearing how the creative process went from sebastian having this idea um of just attending a quince of his own within his family and seeing what that 15 year old girl goes through and just having the the basics uh just small little idea of, wow, she's a superhero being able to go through all of this, you know, <laughs> stuff. And that really being able to translate that into a full storyline and where Lupe has now come out um, as a superhero in the Quince comic, it was really just cool to be able to hear the process of how his idea then gets passed along to the writer who then passes it along to her sister, the artist, and how it just has all come out to this amazing um, project. That is so cool. I really love it when the creators are just so excited to talk about their product. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and how it, like, I love it when it comes from the heart and yeah. you could see it and yeah. there's all this passion behind what they're saying. I love that. Yeah, so that was one of my favorite ones for sure. Um, I already talked about the, the Latino comics uh, one. I really enjoyed that. The Defenders, I went to Preacher uh, panel. Um, I really enjoyed that one a lot. It inspired me to go back and restart Preacher, so I'm in the middle of season one right now because um, I never finished it. Um, mm-hmm. So can, can I ask, did anyone ask if they actually read the comic books before they, you know, um, started filming for Preacher? Well, <laughs> that's always my question. The actors? Yeah, the actors. I don't think they did ask but you know I have to I can I can't imagine they didn't um, and uh, the the producer the director what's his name um, the the um, the gosh what's his name I can picture him clear as day yeah <laughs> I, can picture, I can picture them all but I don't know their name <laughs> um, uh, he it was a he's a, a huge Garth Ennis uh, and Preacher fan mm. so the fact that he 
um, has had the property and um, didn't have the property, but he had the idea to take this property and make it into a TV show. Um, it was always, for me anyway, it was always kind of like a, a relief to know that it was a fan. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So um, I'm trying to look up real fast uh, his name because Seth Rogen, right? Yeah, that's yes, right. That's yay. right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it came to me. And it's <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, so uh, they didn't specifically ask that, but I have to imagine that they did. We always have people coming into the shop who are like, oh, I'm up for a role. And uh, I'm like, oh, like I'm producing writing yeah like uh-huh. tv shows the oh. black lightning yeah the black lightning um a guy who was up for the writing position of black lightning came in and picked up all the stuff wow one of um the actresses on runaways came in and picked up um some books and actually when they were um when they were casting preacher an actor not the one who got the part but an actor who was um trying out for the role of cassidy came in and bought some preacher books yep then they must have read it. I, I mean, that was my question. Yeah. I was yeah. like, do you guys research, like, you know, actually read comic books? So <laughs> I think <laughs> most like, of them do. Yeah. I think very rarely do. Some of them don't. Mm-hmm. Those ones probably don't get the, get the <laughs> get part. part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Unless they're a big name, then they're like, oh, I don't need to read it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so for the people that actually, you know, have never really uh, made the effort to attend any of these panels, so how do you go about doing that? Attending the panel? Yeah. So you can, um, a couple of different ways, find out what the um, what panels are being put on at Comic-Con. And panels begin on, um, on, I don't think there's any on preview night, but don't hold me to that. I just never go to any on preview <laughs> night. Um, but um, there is an app. They, there is a Comic-Con app, and there is also a schedule that they print out and give you when you pick up your bag um, and your lanyard and everything. Uh, and so they have all the days scheduled of all the panels, and you just basically figure out which ones you want to go to, and then you figure out which ones you actually have to go to hours and hours in advance because you might have to stand in line, like I did mm-hmm. to get into Defenders. I stood in line for three and a half hours. Wow. <laughs> I actually... <coughs> Those of you who haven't been to Comic-Con might have heard of the Mighty Hall H line. Oh, yeah. Uh, and um, I've, I've been in the Hall H line um, a couple of times where I've actually spent the night in line. What the? Um, once where I spent eight and a half hours in line, and uh, even after the eight and a half hours did not get in oh, to the panel I wanted to see. Geez. But this particular day, I had no intention of going to Hall H, but a friend of mine was in line already and said, um, hey, the Hall H line has cleared out. If you're interested, um, you can come stand in line. And there were some people in our, the group that I um, we were staying with in our Airbnb who were super, super excited to see Twin Peaks. Oh, and oh, so yeah. they ran over to get in line. I was, and I happened to be close to the Hall H line because I had had my Valkyrie breakfast that morning. And I was like, oh, um, Today's Friday. Today is Walking Dead Day. If it's cleared out, I'm going to go try because Mm -hmm. I'm still a huge Walking Dead fan. So I went and I got in line and um, it was Walking Dead, then Fear the Walking Dead, then Twin Peaks. So I was like, well, if I miss Walking Dead, I'll get Fear the Walking Dead. Then Fear the Walking Dead. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm like, well, I don't watch Twin Peaks, but I'll see that. And um, 
turns out I missed all those. My friends didn't get into Twin Peaks, and we got in right as Peacher was starting. Oh, so, hey. Yeah, so um, we got in, we got to see Preacher, and then after Preacher was Defenders. Um, so, like I said, three and a half hours compared to the spending the night over, uh, spending the night in line in the marina, in the cold, and uh, and even standing in line for eight and a half hours and never getting in, three and a half was nothing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, when you go to Comic-Con, you guys just got to understand, you're going to be standing in lines. Yeah. Lines, lines, lines. Yeah. I do that for Anime Expo, but the mm. longest I ever stood in line was for maybe, well, actually this year, I stood in line for about three hours to get into the entertainment hall to get to the Blizzard. Um, uh, to get to the to the Blizzard um, uh, booth so that I could buy a Petramari and a and a and a pop exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> no pop exclusives for me. Yeah. That's the line I try to stay away from. So yeah, there um, there's panels that you can just walk right into and not have to wait at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's kind of um, you kind of after attending for a couple of years, you kind of start to understand. Um, their reasoning uh, around where they um, schedule certain panels to be, and you know, oh, if I'm going over to the 2830 block, there's most li- likely not going to be that big of a line. Mm-hmm. Um, although there was something going on over there where there was a huge line, but I can't remember um, what the actual panel was. But um, you kind of uh, get a feel you for the feel yeah things. for yeah. what you are going to have to stand in line for and what you're not. Ballroom 20 is a huge, uh, another big room. It's not as huge as... Um, Hall H, which is a 6,500, um, but Ballroom 20 is pretty big, and that's where they do, like, CW stuff and, like, Fox and, like, all that kind of, like, TV show stuff. Okay. Mm, interesting. Yeah, and uh, Hall H, like, I, that Friday day was Walking Dead. Oh, uh, I think uh, Game of Thrones was that, was also, and then Walking Dead, then Twin Peaks, then Defenders. Saturday is usually the huge DC and Marvel panels. Okay. And... Saturday, mm-hmm. there were people who spent the night in line since Wednesday. Oh my God! To why get into Saturday? What the? Yeah. So Hall H line is an experience in and of itself at Comic Con. Wow! I don't. That literally boggles my mind because <laughs> yeah, that, that the like I said, the longest I ever been in the line was that line for um. Uh, for um uh, for anime expo uh-huh. and even that was trying my patience. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was just like, do I really want to be here? Is it really <laughs> worth it? <laughs> like my my absolute like that that one, that one moved my absolute maximum to three hours. Mm. But it used to be <laughs> if I had to wait for something for more than two hours, I was out. Yeah, I was gone. I was just like, uh, I'm not. not and I it. actually shared a video on my personal Facebook page of the um, line for the Hall H. Um, panels uh, for Wednesday, which was actually the end of the line um, out by the marina, and it was just um, sleeping bags and blow-up pillows and tents. I mean, they literally were camping out since Wednesday, and just one person after another after another, and that was like, I... 
I assume that they take turns with people and some people come stand in line and, and then give other people opportunity to go in or maybe it's someone who only has a Saturday pass and, you know, spending the night Wednesday through Friday is not a big deal because they're not missing out on anything. I don't know, but given all the cool stuff that is going on outside of the convention center, inside of the convention center, I just feel like it's such a big waste for something that you are literally going to have access to two minutes after it appears in the screen in front of your face. Oh, yeah. Online. It's going to be online. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I don't know. Yeah. I can live vicariously through online. Or even (laughs) there at um, Comic-Con on... uh, in the evenings, they will replay the, um, they record the panels, and they'll replay the Hall H panels in a different room at night. The only thing is, is they don't play the, um, the videos, like, they wouldn't play the Defender, um, episode, they wouldn't play the Punisher thing, trailer, um, trailer, yeah. yeah. You miss that stuff, but you get to see the people who are talking, and so, but, like I said, you get to see that stuff on YouTube, too, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So it depends on what your priorities are. I last year I enjoyed walking around and just getting um, autographs from uh, from writers and artists that I really liked. Mm-hmm. This year um, I did mostly panels because uh, to me it made sense that the less time I spent on the um, exhibit hall floor, the less money I spent. Oh, absolutely! <laughs> I completely agree with that. Oh, man, I mean, two days I spend my money when I'm at any con. I'm just like, yeah. oh man, that's so much. So that's why the three and a half hours. But you know something super super okay. This is horrible. Like tears actually came out of my my eyes. So I am a member of a Skybound um, Insiders. It's called Skybound Insiders um, group on Facebook. And on Monday or Tuesday before Comic-Con, they said, we're having, um, in case you missed it, uh, or in case you missed the email, here is the invite for the special luncheon or get-together we're going to have on Friday afternoon. Um, go ahead and um, and you can send this in. And if there's enough, we'll try to get as many people in um, as we can. It will, you know, it's first come, first serve. Um, and we'll send you an email saying if you got in or not. So I was like, okay. And they said there was going to be cool stuff happening and giveaways and stuff. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. So I sent it in, and I told Eddie, okay, keep your Friday open, which I don't even know if he could have gone if it was just one person. But I told him, keep your Friday open. So I was checking my email all week. All week, nothing. All week, nothing. All week, nothing. So nothing on Thursday. So I just assumed, well, I guess I didn't get in because it was kind of late. It was that week. So I go to my Valkyrie's breakfast on Friday. I go stand on Hall H line. Um, The lunch was supposed to start at 2 o'clock. At around 2.45, I happened to just be in line at Hall H checking my email, where the freaking confirmation had come in that morning. Oh, at, Or, God. no, it was like at noon. It came in at noon. Oh, my God. And I missed it. And where it was was, like, a mile and a half away from where I was, and I would have had to, like, run over there. It was already almost 3 o'clock. By the time I would have gotten there, it would have been so late. Mm-hmm. I was so upset. But I was like, okay, whatever. Come home from Comic-Con to see pictures of people posting. Who the frick was there? Robert Kirkman was there the entire time with Charlie Adler. Oh, my gosh. And they gave shit away from Walking Dead. Oh, my gosh. 
Like even right now, I'm starting to tear. <laughs> you get impressed about that, yeah. That's horrible. That's freaking horrible. So, uh, yeah, it, recounting it now, I'm starting to be traumatized all over again. <laughs> I am so oh, sorry. I'm so sorry. Uh, so and yeah, and there wasn't there wasn't a Walking Dead comic panel this year. Oh wow. And I that's the one I go to every year, and there wasn't one, so. Um, that would have been perfect, and uh, all these people sharing their pictures with with Robert, and them showing their Lucille bats that they gave away. Oh, and, my, oh God, my God! No way! Yes, yeah, so I oh. was so upset. So all I have was the email saying that I. Could <laughs> oh no! Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. So we'll end my uh, my Comic Con <laughs> recap on that happy note. <laughs> oh man. Now, yeah, I, now I need a beer. <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely. All right, guys, and what are we drinking today? So today we have a beer from the New Glory Craft Brewery. Ooh, there yeah. you hear it. It's freshness. <laughs> I want to pass it to you so you can do your skillful yeah. pouring. It smells good. Um, <clears throat> this beer comes in a very colorful can. I really like it. It's like this mosaic, colorful mosaic uh, pattern on there. And it is called Juicy Centers. <laughs> I don't know why. I'm, I, I'm looking at the can, and I looked on the website, and there isn't a lot of, of info on it other than the fact that um, it's a modern IPA, uh, American uh, modern IPA, brewed with mosaic, citra, and whale melon hops. So I'm just looking at Sarah pouring it. It's it's a very bright, uh, bright like kind of. It's a very bright jewel tone. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's like very colorful. I really like it. Yeah, it looks like a citrine jewel, like <coughs> topaz. So it's seven percent um, ABV with sixty IBU. Um, like I said, the brewery is from Sacramento. Um, and we're just going to have to give you our off-the-cuff uh, review of it because we couldn't really find a lot of info online. It is on, um, it is on Untapped. There are, um, there's about 320 ratings up there. I was looking uh, earlier, and um, people seem to have uh, some favorable ratings of it. But, yeah, it, it's very... It's very bright and pretty. I can. I don't even have it under my nose, but I can smell it. It's really it smells really good. Yeah, and it's it re- nice. it smells. It's all IPA. Oh, absolutely! It's all it's IPA. So I haven't tasted it yet, but the smell is all IPA. Very very hoppy. So, well, Je- I don't know, Jen. Did you take a a drink yet? <laughs> you You'll see from my facial reaction. <laughs> we're all we're all waiting to see your facial reaction. Okay, so I'm I'm smelling it, and the bouquet is making my mouth water. So it's it's very, very very um. The aroma uh-huh. is yeah, aromatic. Yes, very <laughs> aromatic. 
Oh, wow. It's another one of those that is not very strong at the end. Nice. It's um. It's very smooth. Yes, yeah, super smooth. Mm-hmm. There's no bitter aftertaste. No, there's not. It's um. It's really fruity, but not too fruity. It's not too sweet. My taste buds are a little bit off because I'm still sick, but yeah, it's very smooth. I can't taste any of the subtle fruits or anything, but um, it, the hoppy IPA ness <laughs> is definitely there. I can taste the melon. Can you? I can. Yeah. Ah. I kind of like it. It's, it's I like it a lot, actually. And I appreciate the fact that, that doesn't, it doesn't have that bitter aftertaste. So IPAs, um, I mean, it's, a, it's an American IPA. So I generally, those are a little bit more smoother and not that, that really hoppy, um, bitter aftertaste. But um, American IPAs, for me, are definitely go-tos during the hot summer. Oh, because especially very, right very, now. Yeah, very, very cold and... Uh, chilled beer um, that you want to drink for refreshment value and for cooling yourself down as opposed to like you know a a good sipping beer or something which you definitely might not want to choose during the summertime when you're just trying to quench that that hot thirst that you have Mm -hmm. Um, this is definitely one of those beers yeah very refreshing I I'm really loving it. I think this is a really great beer for summer. Um, I really like the the fruity tones, and I like that it's not like, you know, as people would put put, uh, put it like um, a chick drink. It's not. It, uh, I don't know how to explain it. It's not. Um, it's not sweet, <coughs> but um, it. I I don't. Mm, it's fruity, but not sweet. So it's not it's like savory. Well, savory, I mean, yeah, yeah. fruity like. A beer fruity, not like candy fruity. Right, exactly. Yeah. So, so it, I yeah. Mean, I love candy. Fruity. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. It's not like a lemon drop. You know, it's, it's yeah. It's like a beer beer. I, I mean, this, I think beer drinkers would understand absolutely. what we're saying. Yeah. But for non-beer drinkers, um, I know that when I was a new beer drinker, um, like in college, and uh, I would read a a can that said uh, either wine or beer. You know, fruity tones or whatever. I would take a sip thinking I was going to like <laughs> taste um, sugary fruit uh, sweet fruit and that's not oh, that's not what it means when it comes to beer and wine <laughs> exactly absolutely and I'm, I'm really loving it I love how it's uh, sort of like a um, I guess what they're calling it is juice this type of uh, the way they're brewing these uh, uh-huh. limited releases and yes, oh, is it a limited yeah, release? Okay. Yes, this is a limited release. And again, this limited release uh, beer tasting segment has been uh, brought to you by Compton Eric from the Mustache Castache podcast. I love that. Every time <laughs> you say that title, I love it. I know. I have, to say it, <laughs> I have to say it slowly because then I'll get tongue tied. But um, yeah, they're, they're, they, they uh, rate their beers as well. So. So, if you are from Sacramento, I'm sure you know all about the New Glory Craft Brewery. Um, and this is the first introduction I've had with um, with this brewery, uh-huh. and I'm loving it. Yeah, it's I'm good. It. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's located at 8251 Alpine Avenue in Sacramento. So, if you are from Northern California, definitely check them out. And I was just checking their website out today, and it's on tap there. So what? Yeah, nice. I, I think this would be really good on tap. Oh my god, mm. on a hot day, yes, yes. in a chilled glass. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, I love it. So we're we gonna rate this, guys. Yes. So I definitely give it a full. I'm gonna second that, mm-hmm. a second full for me as well. 
I'm going to give it a full. Okay. Because so, I do like that melon, like, uh, aftertaste that yeah. I can taste on my tongue. It's really good. So, from a rating system where we start at flaccid, go up to initial, up to partial, up to full, and then with a rigid, and then a, a very... Oh my God, Super Saiyan! Uh, <laughs> so that's like one, two, three, four, five. Out of uh, basically a, a one to six. So we're all giving it a four. Four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm exactly. just waiting for that Super Saiyan again. I'm waiting <laughs> oh for another God, yes. sticky monkey. I have yes. been talking about sticky monkey to everybody. Yes. yes. Oh, I went back to Costco. No more. Uh, no more. No more. Oh, yeah. I need to get my hands But that more. happens uh, yearly, actually. I believe yearly. that comes out. Oh, it does? Yes. <gasps> okay. Oh yeah, God. that information I got from Compton Eric is oh, that it comes okay. out. Because I said, have you had this before? He said, oh, yeah, I had last year's. So I'm like, oh, okay, so it's a yearly thing. So look for it at Costco's. I will travel to Firestone. And <laughs> buy a you know what? Me too. <laughs> yeah. Heck yeah. Same here. Absolutely. Well, this has been very good. Yes. I really like it. I really like. It. I'm gonna take it slow though, cause I could I could actually feel it. Oh know? really? It's uh it's kind of hitting me. Well, um yeah yeah. Oh, well, you drank a lot more. Yeah than I did. no yeah. <laughs> I, I was chugging it down, guys. <laughs> it's hot. It's understandable. Exactly. So uh uh we're fools all around, guys. <laughs> all right, guys. What are we reviewing today? I'm still reviewing the beer. <laughs> <laughs> so today we are reviewing Cash and Carry. Now we picked up the first book way mm-hmm. back uh, a couple months ago at, our, at the East LA Comic Con. At the East LA yes. Comic Con. Uh, so Cash and Carry was created by Sean Pryor and Julie Spiziani, uh, with concept designer by Penny Candy Studios, and um. um Artwork by Justin Castaneda. Well, back cover artwork by Justin Castaneda. Front cover artwork by Nila Magudar. So, Cash and Carry is a very fun, cute, all-ages book. Yes. The one that we got, it's being published by Action Lab Studios. Mm-hmm. Uh, Action Lab Studios. No. No. It's, actu- it's just Action Lab. I think it's just Action Lab. It's just Action Lab. And this book collects six chapters, which I think is... Because the first issue that we got had the first two chapters. It had, yeah, I didn't realize. Yeah. The first one had um, a little bit of the second one. I don't think it was the full second one. Mm-hmm. It was just like the first little part where um, it was the TV woman and then the swimming. So, oh, no, it was the full oh, one. It was the full one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So it technically has three issues in it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's a uh, very thin, a very light, fun read, but it is absolutely the most adorable comic that I've read. It's so cute. Oh my gosh, I just realized that the goat was in the back of his moped. <laughs> <laughs> and so the cover arts for, all, for a lot of them are so ingenious. Yeah. They're so cute. I, I love the idea. I was talking about this a little bit earlier. Um, if you listen to our show where we reviewed some of the um, East LA Comic Con uh, comics that we got, we did the first issue. Uh, well, it was the first little single um, which had the first two issues. Um, as far as trade paperbacks go, this is very super thin. Yeah. Um, the uh, even though we're saying it has six issues in it, it looks 
size wise that there's like two issues. Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. off the bat, that is one of the things that stood out to me that it it is. Um, a little bit smaller in size, but it's not smaller. I think in what it delivers in story. Oh, absolutely! Oh, I was definitely. really shocked. Yeah. So it's, it's so entertaining. It, it is. is so entertaining, and I love the snappy dialogue between the characters. Yeah, that dialogue is killer. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I I have voices for each person. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's so clever and witty. I really enjoy that. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that these are um, teenage private investigators. Um, when I was a kid, I used to love watching the old private investigator TV shows like um, Riptide and Simon and Simon, and um, my favorite was Moonlighting. I loved Moonlighting. I lived off of Veronica Mars and Kim Possible. Okay. okay? Like, yeah. I, those were my shows. Yeah. I loved the whole, like, teen investigator, like, getting into, like, some serious, like, uncovering stuff that even the police can't catch. So, Jen and I just um, revealed our ages. <laughs> you know, just to, just to piggyback off that, I, I watched the... Uh, uh, Batman the animated series. Oh, okay. I, I enjoy their their uh, detective work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yes, uh, the de- detective work is something that is endearing to all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and to have these little witty kids do yes. it, I love it because they they have such great personalities. They and do, yeah. and they're intelligent, and they're very resourceful, and I love that. And I love um, Carrie's body, um, her body shape. She's and she's just not drawn at all um she's drawn very body positive mm-hmm. um and it's not like it's definitely an all ages book but even when you sometimes read all ages books sometimes the artists um can still fall into the traps of, of aging up the yes, character uh-huh. they don't they don't look like a teenager yeah uh-huh. uh is basically what yeah but this does this is pr- i love the art I really, really love the art a lot. I mean, mm-hmm. I think we talked about how much we loved it in the first one, but it's it was really consistent for me. Um, and I love the the cover art in the back, the pinups that um, were included. But yeah. um, if you remember, um, Carrie is actually on the wrestling team, and there is a part in the back where they um, they kind of do a mock up of the yearbook, or yeah. was it the yearbook? Yeah, or like, like a, the yearbook. Yeah, like a and they have her. Um, they show her wrestling and show her winning uh, first place um, of the the wrestling regional championship. But the fact that they actually show that, I loved. Uh, the panels that they had here showing her uh, wrestling, and she wrestled not only um, guys, but also, I mean, not only girls, but uh, also some boys. Yeah, well, that's what I actually really loved about the comic, is that those all the sports teams that they show, they're co-ed. Yeah. They're co-ed, like the basketball team, uh-huh. the wrestling team, and uh, the swim team. You're and, right, I didn't notice that. Yeah, and I thought that is... So in the the blossom matter that it's uh, uh, um, uh, that it's put it's just like it's no big deal yeah because it yeah. really isn't like girls and guys can keep up with each other uh-huh. in sports especially in sports. Uh, well, some of the the story that we're reading about is uh, there there is a, a fire in the school gym uh, one of the where they held detention at this junior high school and um, Mrs. Bell was the one who was blamed for it. And uh, there's a there's a portion. Well, she suffers from narcolepsy, which is when she spontaneously falls asleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, there's this moment where there's like a the, um, there's this really like intense part of the story 
where Inez, Carrie, uh, she picks up Miss Bell and carries her over because she's falling asleep. And I thought that was so cool. They show her, like, carrying yeah. Miss Bell. I was like, dang, you're so cool. I love that, too, yeah. because she um, she's like, I gotta go get Miss Bell. And Miss Bell is asleep uh, <laughs> on her porch. <laughs> and uh, the next uh, panel, you see Carrie, uh, basically fireman carrying her uh, down to her, mo- or actually to a little wagon that she puts her into. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> the wagon. Right. <laughs> and the cool thing is that everybody around town pretty much knows about uh-huh. Cash and Carrie. Yeah, Cash and Carrie. And, and what they do as far as investigative reporters and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, they, were, and they respect reporters. them. Like, yeah. yeah. The police was just like, oh, these kids know what they're doing. And I found that so cute in such a different term of the, of like the, oh, like, these are just kids. They yeah, don't know they what don't know doing. what they're doing. Yeah. They're just like, no, like, you can do this. You can be young and you can be taken seriously. Exactly. You scared the shit out of I me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this uh, snack portion has been brought to you by uh, Frank. <laughs> oh, my God. Thank you. <laughs> Look at that. Um, we I'm were, hungry oh all God, over it again. It smells so good. What is that? Oh, the ribs, guys. Oh, <gasps> uh, Y'all about to see me pig out. Um. So, yes. Uh, just to carry on on this, um, th- yeah, I don't know if you guys noticed, in one of the other story arcs of this uh, trade paperback is when they were, like, in the cave. I was just looking at that one, mm-hmm. and I'm wondering, is it a different artist? That's what I was going to say. I think it's a different artist because uh, um, they're drawn uh, a little bit different. Yeah, and and the the color palette is very different. It's very light. It's more pastel. Yes. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, I thought it was a dream when I was first oh, reading it. Uh-huh. Yeah, it had a very dream-esque quality and actually the artwork is by andy joette okay so Mm -hmm. yes i guess they go through different artists which i think is great yeah because Mm -hmm. um you are supporting uh different artists not just one um but the consistency i think is really good as far as the story goes and um and it wasn't too shocking exactly exactly and i i i really love this one this one was a little kind of a like you said it was kind of a dream-esque feel but um what you see um, they're they're in a, a cave and they're um, I think their lights run out and they're kind of they're kind of lost and there's they spot this girl who helps them get out of the cave which um, they were like really um, really grateful for and then she disappears they're like where'd she go and then on they go to a school trip and they're looking at uh, old photographs and the style in which they took portraits back in the old days and they see a picture of this girl and the teacher proceeds to tell him it's a uh, uh, the picture of a girl that went missing years ago um, mm-hmm. that was never found. Um, she went into the forest and then was never heard from again. So um, I thought that was really cool. I love these kind of ghost stories. Yeah. So I really enjoyed this one. This is one of my favorites. Yeah, I liked that one a lot. Um, I am noticing now that you mention it that um, there are different artists in each of the epi- uh, episodes, in <laughs> each of the issues. Um, and I really enjoy seeing the interpretation of each of the artists because you you can tell it's enough of the character that you can tell that it's them. Yeah. But mm-hmm. the artist um, adds their own special little, uh, own little personality. Yeah. yeah. Like I love um, in this one, um, Cash has squared glasses, which I thought was so hip, and he has sort of like a uh, one of the, uh, kind of like a little tiny afro, which I loved. Yeah. Um, I loved his look in this one. This, he was very retro for me in this one, <laughs> um, which I, I really enjoyed. Um, 
and uh, you know, so they're going through a little bit of um, different um, different kind of um, episodes. Um, mm-hmm. They they don't. I think there's kind of. I think there's going to be one underlying um, kind of um, an underlying plot. Yes, but <laughs> they're going to go through different uh, mm-hmm. type of uh, scenarios. They're not just going to focus on one big plot, mm-hmm. which I love. It's kind of like a coming up for air. I like. I love it. Yeah, it's really cute. As I was telling them earlier, it has a kind of like a cartoony vibe in mm-hmm. that, a ch- mostly a children's cartoon where you get an episode and it has like a major like storyline, but then they, well, further episodes in, they go ahead and do like their own like side adventures with the underlying plot, like uh, running underneath until they get to another episode and it continues the, blo- the plot from a couple episodes ago. So you still get like you get that something major is going on, but they're still doing other things while they're doing yeah. that. And I thought that was that was that was very cute and very appropriate, especially for an all ages book. Um, it read it reads like a cartoon series. Mm-hmm. I really like the fact that um, there's a supernatural aspect. Kind of um, it yeah. gives it gives the story kind of like a. In fact, when she mentioned it to us, or when she, when I talked to Julie, she said something to the effect of, it's like Scooby-Doo meets X-Files. Ah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, you did I remember. Say that. Yeah, and I really like that a lot. Um, mm-hmm. The And it's not a, for those of you who might be um, considering uh, sharing this with uh, somebody who, um, with a child or somebody who is into all ages comics, it's not scary. It's not inappropriate in any way. It's definitely um, super, super age appropriate. I would say for like the eight to twelve age range as mm-hmm. far as reading on your own. But you could just as easily take this and read it to a younger child. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. I'm pretty sure that they would. And we it. all enjoyed it too. So it's good yeah. for children of all ages. <laughs> <laughs> for the young at heart. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, did we the artwork and uh, on the third and final storyline was uh, Chris Luden and Ginger D. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, I really enjoyed that one too. And like you were saying, um, they all kind of follow kind of like uh, the personalities of the characters, but they all added their different spin to it. So I really liked it. I'm really digging because uh, the char- the Andy Jewett. Um, has the pinup that is my favorite in the back. And so now that I know he is the one who did the, the cave um, issue, uh, it actually makes sense. And I can I definitely see his, uh, his, his style in, in there, in that issue. Yeah. So, yes, um, I highly, highly recommend it. Um, I definitely um, will recommend this book to... Um, many parents who come into the shop who are looking for an all-ages book. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I really love it. Same here. It's it's very cute, and especially if, like, kids want to know about spy stuff or, like, investigations mm-hmm. and, like, even journalism, stuff like that. That's, oh, yeah. Yeah. that's a, It's a pretty good one to recommend. Uh-huh. And, uh, like, uh, like, she explained it to us, like, uh, Scooby-Doo meets um, uh, X-Files. Uh-huh. I would even say it even kind of has like a Kids Next Door vibe for, to those who know. <laughs> it, was a, <laughs> it was a Cartoon Network uh, cartoon that was really good. Uh-huh. It was about um, uh, five kids who lived in the clubhouse and, uh, well, lived in the clubhouse yeah. and uh, they would investigate and like 
get into trouble and stuff like uh-huh. that. And it has like it has a it has that vibe to it, except it's just two kids. <laughs> cool. Yeah. No, I don't know that one, but sounds cool. <laughs> and um, at, at the end of the the actual stories, there's uh the Mason Middle, the Mason Middle Messenger. Which is sort of like I guess it would be like the school newspaper, mm-hmm. yep. and I really like they have like it, it, kind of a mock up of like the events the school's doing, and like the people that are running for school president, uh, the wrestling, um, and then the debate team. Um, I like on the school pr- uh, who will be uh, school president. They have a disabled girl here. They have this kid with a Batman mask on, which I thought was cute. <laughs> um, they have a lot of cool things. Um, uh, they even have like the um, the menu for the lunch. Oh yeah, and I just thought that was <laughs> which had very snappy names. Yeah, <laughs> uh, teachers of the week. I this is really a well-rounded, well-thought-out uh, execution of a of a children's story that I really love. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my favorite parts is this this uh, mock-up of the newspaper because they have a lot of great art in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the overall, the book I love it. I love it. I'm gonna have my nephew read it. It's so cool. Yeah, I'm definitely going to give it to um, um, my younger siblings and to my cousin who has a kid now. So I'm just <laughs> like, here, you can, you can read this to him or sh- I'll come over and read it to the kid. <laughs> exactly, exactly. All right, girls, what are we going to rate this? Um, I rate it three conchas. I love Cash and Carry. I I mean, like I said, uh, good for all ages, but I loved it, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I loved it, too. I'm going to give it three conchas as well. I'll give it three. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you, you pause. Yeah, because I was thinking between two and three, but I really like it. It's really cute, and I think it's really age-appropriate, yeah. and I want to like I want to give more support to books like that. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, I noticed that uh, Julie actually follows us follows us on Instagram. What? So um, we'll definitely have to give her another shout-out um, on uh, Instagram. And uh, she created Cash and Carry with Sean Pryor. Um, and then they have uh, all of these other different artists that they've worked with. But um, getting uh, getting picked up by Action Lab is uh, definitely no small feat. They have a whole bunch of awesome titles. And Jen was <laughs> very... Um, uh, she noticed all the details <laughs> in the comic, and there is one um, panel in here where I think they're in the library or something. They're in the comic book oh, store. Oh, they're in a comic they're store, in the comic and book they store. have small little comics in the background, and they're all um, other Action Lab uh, titles. Really? And we yeah. noticed Nutmeg in the back, which yeah. is written by um, by James. Um, James, what's his last name? Right. James Wright, yeah, yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. James Wright, um, who uh, is actually a good friend of um, Jeffrey's Comics and uh, of, uh, of all of ours. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. but there's uh, the Nutmeg is in the back, and it actually has the names there, Cross, right? <laughs> um, and then the, the another um, artist, and then there's Planet Gigantic. Um, I can't tell what that other one is, um, but uh, yeah, it's right here where they're, uh, they're in the comic shop. All oh, of, okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah that's cool. All comics that we also recommend. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool. Awesome. All right, guys. So that's that's three conchas each, guys. <laughs> no. 
now, guys, it's time for Juntos y Fuertes. Jen, take it away. So today we're going to be covering the recent drama that happened on Twitter uh, after uh, uh, a Marvel editor. Called, yes. Yeah. So mm-hmm. Marvel editor Heather Antos uh, went out to, uh, I can't remember what day it was, if it was Tuesday or Wednesday, but it was one day this week where uh, Heather went out with some of the other um, female workers at Marvel. She happens to be an editor. Um, she's a Marvel book editor. Um, and uh, she and other female Marvel employees went out and just had some um, innocent milkshakes to honor the passing of Flo Steinberg. So Mm -hmm. for those of you who may not know, fabulous, quote-unquote, Flo Steinberg was Stan Lee's secretary in the 60s. But she was so much more than a secretary. Yeah, so she was also an editor, and um, at the time, uh, during Marvel Silver Age, um, she and Stan Lee were the only full-time staff. They were basically running Marvel all by themselves. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's impressive. Yeah. She helped with artwork. She helped with uh, with lettering. She did a lot of on-the-spot jobs that, that... were helped her form her career. She was very well known in the comic book um, uh, community. Yeah, mm-hmm. and she recently passed away. Yeah, so she recently passed away. Um, uh, I think it was sometime last week that it came up. Um, she was seventy-eight years old, and I think she had um, she passed away due to complications of like an aneurysm or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but so um, being one of the first uh, women in uh, at Marvel, uh, Heather and her. Um, co-female um, co-workers went out to kind of just honor her and have this really innocent um, uh, milkshake just as like a, you know, uh, happy passing. <laughs> that, you know, we honor um, the groundwork that you laid for us. Mm-hmm. Well, leave it to the dude bros on Twitter to take an innocent little um, outing of females having ice cream and turning it into a shitstorm. What? Uh, <laughs> because people were responding, men were responding to her picture of just her and her female coworkers having milkshakes, saying things like, gee, I can't imagine why Marvel sales are in the toilet. Are you serious? Yeah. Yes. Also saying things like, can we just get off of feminism and social ju- justice and actually print stories? Yeah, they were saying, like, the typical fake geek girls and one, the creepiest collection of stereotypical SGWs anyone could possibly imagine. Yes. And look, I've seen that pic, and none of them are creepy. Look, just because they're, <laughs> they're all women that you've tried to hit on and have all turned you down, my guy, <laughs> none of them are creepy. Let me tell you that. So, for a picture of just women drinking milkshakes, to really just bring forth this like craziness i mean it's the internet guys you gotta and it really pains me to even say that we are in an age right now where we just take this and accept it as just things that are and that exist yes Mm -hmm. exactly like I'm so <laughs> mad about what happened to Chelsea King. Yeah, you've like and mm-hmm. that's not too long ago. Yeah, but it's just like this, so this shit keeps happening. Yeah, so our juntos y fuertes um, 
portion today really is about harassment in comics. Mm-hmm. Um, we happen today to be focusing on um, harassment towards women in comics, and it's something that the more and more that um, I feel like there's progress being made, the more and more I feel so let down when this kind of stuff happens. Yeah, uh, yeah. Of Whenever there's a push towards something, be it positive or even like not so positive, there's always going to be an outlash mm-hmm. of like, especially when things when they think they're like, oh, this thing has always been this way for like years. Like, why are you trying to make change it now? It's not. It's not. It's going to be different. They feel like it's threatening them. Like if somehow like we're erasing their existence by. Like <laughs> pushing our agenda, yeah, and it's like, bruh, like no, there's room. That's all. Yeah, they, they think that just because there's more of something, all of a sudden, all the stuff that they they thought they had is being erased when it's not. No, that it's not. content is still being created. It's still there. Now there's just more of the other content mm-hmm. as well, and. Dude, like, nothing's being erased. It's all still there. Yeah. Like, calm the fuck down. <laughs> I think they feel threatened because she actually works for Marvel. And they uh-huh. wish they could. Ay, <laughs> pobrecito. I know, right? Um, I just found one of her tweets. Uh, she said, how dare I post a picture of my friends on the internet without expecting to be bullied, insulted, harassed, and targeted. Yep. Mm-hmm. Sucks so bad. Yep. Yeah. So, um, I mean... As a woman in the comic book industry, on the retail side, I see it all the time. Um, We have people that come in and want to fight about uh, Wolverine being uh, Laura now and Mm -hmm. Thor being Jane now. and um, About the existence of Miss Marvel and why they have to change Captain Marvel's clothes. uh, So... I see it all the time. Um, I see it uh, on the covers of Jungle uh, Action when they come in and literally have women spread eagle on the cover. Um, and when you flip through, the things that you see in there are um, not uh, definitely um, not safe for work. And um, I would venture to categorize them as not safe for life. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Wow. So the degradation wow. of females within the... Um, uh, Artwork of comics, um, the uh, backlash of fans uh, when females are being included in the storylines or females are taking over mantles. Um, it's just, it's, it's very disheartening to hear, um, but I definitely think it's worth talking about and definitely having these conversations. I mean, we here are three women who read comics and love comics and um, enjoy the industry, um, and I enjoy seeing women be creators and getting accolades and winning uh, awards for the work that they do. Mm-hmm. And when I see this kind of stuff, it's just it's so horrible. And it just really motivates me to continue doing things like being on that Publishers Weekly panel and talking about diversity in comics and talking mm-hmm. about selling to diverse audiences. Because they, one of the questions they asked me was, what does diversity mean to you? And to me, uh, my, my answer was, diversity means that I... Uh, in my store, diversity means that I'm able to, that I stock books so that I'm able to show the customer who walks into my shop, I'm able to show them 
themselves in the books that I sell. Whether it's a female, whether it's a transgender person, whether it is somebody with a physical um, deformity or some sort of disability. Um, to me, that's what diversity is. Mm-hmm. And the more and more that I see this kind of pushback, the more and more I think that we must be doing something right. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think, you know, comic books and the comic book industry, I'm sorry you guys were mistaken, it's not an all-boys club, and it never really was. No, it wasn't. I mean, it just never was. No. Just because mm-hmm. they highlighted more of kind of the geek culture was more centered towards men mm-hmm. being geeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was never... No. Like that. There were mm-hmm. always women, mm-hmm. always. So mm-hmm. you, you guys got to step back. Mm-hmm. Um, th- Learn your comic book history, you freaking fakes. Exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, well, th- it's really sad, but I'm glad that a lot of people were um, supporting her and being very yes. um, supportive. So, yeah, as a support, um, the hashtag Make Mine Milkshake um, just swept Twitter that day. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot... and really cool thing that DC did is a group of women who work at DC went and took pictures of themselves drinking their milkshakes and used the hashtag in support of Heather and mm-hmm. um, and what happened to her. And um, the comic book industry responded tenfold. Um, creators uh, created um, some uh, pictures of characters drinking milkshakes, mm-hmm. uh, pictures oh, of themselves drinking milkshakes. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, the Valkyries actually went out and um, bought milkshakes and took pictures mm-hmm. within their shops. Used the hashtag. So yeah, she definitely had support, and that was so wonderful to see. Mm-hmm. I'm so uh, thankful for the fact that there are supportive people out there that support um, the comic book industry growing in a diverse way. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Off the top of my head, I'm thinking we should have a have a have a free milkshake day or something. <laughs> <laughs> like just like here, have a milkshake, and you know, the only catch is take a picture and yeah, and uh, tag it. Yeah, yeah. make my milkshake. Now, spinning off of this, there was a young girl. Her name is Sasha Matthews, and she is only 12, but she was involved um, uh, with a comics-driven ACLU fundraiser, and she made a comic. Uh, depicting um, uh, Heather Antos and her friends over there as uh, superheroes g- charging into an Aww. ice cream parlor. Basically, yeah, let's t- let, let's uh, let's charge this uh, ice cream parlor with our radical feminist agenda. And it was <laughs> it was cute, and it was made in support of them because she drew them as superheroes, and she got harassed. Oh, she's twelve. And her, already at 12, she's, not only is she drawing comics for an ACLU fundraiser, she has, she's self-published, she wow. has she has her own website where she posts up a lot of her artwork, and she has been on TV shows and panels, this 12-year mm-hmm. goal, and because of this comic that she made, she's been getting harassed by older men. Oh, like, my God. What, like... I know. It's ridiculous. This, it, it literally infuriates me, because mm-hmm. this is a young girl, she's... She's just on the cups of going on to high school and, like, really deciding, like, this is something that she wants to do. Mm-hmm. And these people are attacking her. So an, a way to support her is to actually go to her website, rumblecomics.com, where a lot of her artwork is featured, and just support her. Hit up her view mm-hmm. numbers so that she can really get, like, show that um, um, that her artwork is being seen. Yeah. And also to support the ACLU, mm-hmm. who 
uh, constantly fight for um, uh, rights over online harassment, mm -hmm. uh, take on charges for so much um, uh, civil rights movements. So that is a way that can be helped, not only for the Make My Milkshake thing, but also for this young girl who truly does not deserve this harassment that she's getting. That's terrible. I mean, mm -hmm. she's so gifted as an artist. Yes, she really so, is. Mm -hmm. I mean, you could see the passion behind her work and also, like, for her, like a 12-year-old girl, to be doing something, like, super productive and yeah. this, at this kind of level is amazing and inspiring. And for people to, you know, like, those kind of things really hurt, especially a 12-year-old girl who, yeah. you know, I mean, I remember being 12 and I know that, oh, God, everything affected me. Yeah, just to piggyback on what you're saying, uh, around 12, 13, 11, 12, 13, developmentally, um, there's been studies done that show that is where girls stop raising their hands in classrooms. They stop, um, they stop pursuing the STEM classes mm -hmm. um, and subjects. They stop feeling confident um, in themselves and what they say. And so for this 12-year-old to be faced with, all of this negativity and harassment and just verbal abuse um mm -hmm. just like jen said when she is just on the cusp of like deciding what she wants to do with the rest of her life this could just as easily be the thing that makes her say this isn't for me exactly and that's sad that's that's the the worst thing about this story heather's an adult and of course this is horrible and you know and mm -hmm. i'm sure that it was very disheartening for her and that you know she she definitely uh, it it was uh hurtful mm -hmm. to her um but she's an adult she has a job at marvel she's mm -hmm. already doing this for the 12 year old to um if, if something like this actually discouraged her uh from pursuing a a career in the comic book industry that would just that would break mm -hmm. my heart Utterly hard. and, yeah, and yeah. i hear so many stories about girls and women who are uh discouraged because of uh, discouraged for even reading comic books or going into a comic book shop because of this sort of treatment so um i just really want to I do want to show support for uh, Heather and what was the little girl's name again? Sasha. Sasha, Sasha yeah. yeah. And Sasha. So in any way, if you can visit their websites or even give Heather a tweet or, mm -hmm. um, you know, show that you support her, uh, the books that she um, edits and that she works on. Oh, um, unbelievable Gwenpool. Yeah, I love that book. It's great. Um, just, <laughs> you know, a, any little bit of support, even a tweet or something, you never know how far that goes. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Like George Takei said, just be there, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. uh, just be there, just show up, just show up. That, that's as little effort as you can put out, mm -hmm. but it's going to mean the world to someone else. Absolutely. Yeah, so um, so just, you know, support these these girls. I mean, uh, these females, uh, obviously they got a great head on their shoulders and they have a great worth ethic and they're very talented. So um, we wouldn't be asking for your support if it, if it wasn't well-deserved. Right. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Time for On My Radar. <laughs> on My Radar. <laughs> I feel like we need some sort of like, is there a, a sound that the radar makes? <laughs> it's the, sub, the submarine one. Or yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to look into that, guys. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but, okay, I've been waiting the whole podcast to share my On My Radar because I read this book um, earlier this week. It came out last week. Mm -hmm. um, it's a number one. Uh, it's a new IDW uh, title called Time and Vine. So when I first saw this, the cover of the book has uh, two wine glasses on it. 
and um, just the title, and I was like, what is this about? And the art looked very um, cartoony, kind Simplistic. of. Yeah. Yeah. Very Simplistic and cartoony. And I was like, what is this? And I didn't really think I was interested in it, so I put off reading it. It was a number one, so I had to take it. Because um, I tried to stay up on all the number ones, but I kept putting it off. And finally this week, I'm like, oh. Uh, I I was reading comic books on my way to see Lionel Richie, and um, <laughs> and so I read that one, and oh my gosh, I fell in love with it. So, IDW number one, Time and Vine. This is the short little synopsis. A grade school history teacher looking for a respite from her life's problems finds the ultimate escape when the owner of a local winery reveals its secret to her. Drink Ooh. the right glass of wine in the right tasting room. And travel back in time to the year it was bottled. <gasps> what? what? Oh That's my god! So cool. So this is a time travel story, and um, the story itself was very, very. Uh, the teacher's story was very. Um, it was very touching and moving. She um, has a lot going on in her life because she is struggling. Um, with an aging, ailing parent who has Alzheimer's. Oh, man. Oh, and that's going to be so difficult. Yeah. And so the thing that was so touching to me was that um, when the um, the winery guy asked her what year she wanted to go back to, she chose a year that her mother had talked to her and told her stories about. And that wow. those stories were, like, so vivid to her from what her mother had shared that she wanted to go see for herself. So um, there's a, some underlying storyline here with the the um, the winery owner and also with the teacher, um, but it was so good. And this was just number one, and I do think it's a limited um, series. I'm not sure. I want to say four. Four. I thought it was six. Was it so six? To, okay. I have, to, I have to double check. So um, regardless, it's limited. Um, mm. Just not sure if it's four or six. But um, it's IDW, and it's written by um, Tom Zahler, who is actually really well known for his romantic comedy comics. Mm-hmm. He wrote um, Love and Capes and also, also Long Distance. Oh, I love Long Distance. So, yeah, so I've heard a lot of good things about Long Distance. Mm-hmm. I haven't read either of those, but Long Distance I've heard a lot of good stuff yeah, about. It's really good. I definitely recommend it. So, um, and then the, uh, the colorist is Luigi Anderson. Um, and he, um, I saw a couple of the things that he did. I didn't write it down, but um, there were things that I was actually familiar with. I was like, oh, yeah, I've, I've read that book. Mm-hmm. So um, definitely recommend it. Uh, I loved it, and I can't wait to read the second issue. That sounds so cool. That is really cool. Um, you had me at, um, at uh, her wanting to go back to when her mom uh-huh. was telling yeah. the stories of what she lived. Yeah. That yeah. that was really yeah. amazing. That, that sounds very, like it's going to break my heart. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I was like, I was I'm, like, I'm told. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was like, am and I going to tear up? And the name itself, Time and Vine. Yeah. It's so snappy. It's yeah. Really, it's, really, it's very witty. It's very yeah. appropriate. So do not let, because uh, sometimes I think people are turned off by like simple cartoony art. Mm-hmm. And I was actually at first. And mm-hmm. I was like, mm, I don't know if this is for me, but don't be turned off by it. The mm-hmm. story definitely um, will pull you in. And actually, once the story gets going, the the art fits Perfectly. Just perfectly, yes. Nice. I'm so glad. I, I, I can't wait to read it, definitely. 
sounds really emotional. <laughs> <laughs> Jen, what's on your radar? So my on my radar is twofold once again. <laughs> and um, I love these double features. <laughs> and I'm actually uh, recommending one um, a straight to graphic novel work. And one that had previously been released as single issues, but now um, uh, only three of them. And the first one, By Chance or Providence, by Becky Cloonan. Mm. Uh, Becky Cloonan has done Batgirl and has Batgirl, done, um, the one that doesn't speak? Um, no. Okay, uh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> the <laughs> the <laughs> most <laughs> recent interpretation. Oh, okay, got it. Um, uh, it does, they do the artwork for that. Um, uh, so it's stories by Becky Cloonan with colors by Lee Lowbridge. So Becky Cloonan actually does the written and the illustrated art mm. with colors and lettering by different people. And um, uh, what I really love is the dedication page, which is dedicated to those of you with crushes on your characters. <laughs> and Aww. let me tell you, I'm, yep, yep. <laughs> and um, reading this, it's so fantastical. It's absolutely beautiful. Uh, I love the artwork. I love the stories. They're um, uh, they're very like it's a very medieval fantasy. Mm-hmm. This is the blurb that for it. By chance, of Providence collects Blakey Cloonan's award-winning trilogy, Wolves, The Mire, and The Meter, with lush colors by Lee Lowridge and a sketchbook illustration section. These stories cast a spell of hypnotic melancholy, weaving their way through medieval landscapes of ancient curses and terrible truths that will haunt you long after you set them down. I love haunting <laughs> stories. Yeah, and this is a blurb from Mike Mignola. Beautiful, haunting, and refreshingly mysterious. Ooh. It's, it's very beautiful. Just as I saw you flip through it, the, um, mm-hmm. the, the colors are very dark, but the art is really awesome. It is, and there's like splashes of color here and there that really illuminate a scene, and it's... It's very nice. Yeah, I do like it. I can see you. I I can see why it's award winning. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, the artwork kind of reminds me of like what a Rembrandt would be, where mm. it's dark mm. and the only thing that illuminate it's illuminated is the face. Oh, so oh, I think yeah. it, it's kind of reminiscent of that, where it's dark, but mm-hmm. there's some splashes of of color. Yeah, it very focuses heavily on eyes, mm-hmm. and, like facial features. So you're right about that. It's very, it's very beautiful, and it very much appeals to my <laughs> to my taste. So <laughs> it was no wonder that I picked it up. <laughs> my second uh, on my radar is a book that came out two weeks ago called Not Drunk Enough. I love that title. <laughs> And this is the one that went straight to trade paperback, right? Yes, this oh, was the one, one that went straight that. to trade paperback. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've actually been following Tessa Stone on Twitter. Um, uh, Her name is familiar. What other stuff has she worked on? Um, she has done, I'm just going to read her blurb. Uh, Tessa Stone is a fan of comedy, horror, and really bright colors. She often tries to smash them all into one horrendously delightful package. <laughs> as you can see by flipping through this book, it's very colorful. Um... Uh, either in terms of writing or drawing or both. She also really enjoys sloths because they take life slowly and she's very <laughs> jealous. Uh, and she has um, uh, she has written uh, Hannah is not a boy's name and Buzz. 
So she's also um, uh, she does online comics. Oh, as well. okay. Oh, okay. So um, uh, I actually found out through her through this other person that I follow on Twitter, uh, whose name their real name is Lee, but they're called um, uh, Moose Online uh-huh. because uh, they're from Canada uh, and they're uh-huh. and they're like the Moose is my spirit. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and uh, he he followed her and he retweeted some of her art and I was just like, oh my god, I love it. I must follow this person. And um, uh, it was through them that I found out that they were picked up by Oni Press, oh. and uh, and they were able to get this out. So I ordered some for the store, and I also oh, cool. ordered one for myself. Yeah, when I saw it come yeah. in, I hadn't heard of it before, um, mm-hmm. but it looked really interesting, and... Um, uh, something definitely that I would just title alone that I would like to read. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, that was amazing. So this is the blurb for it. Um, Logan and Abraham are just a couple of repairmen responding to a call from a creepy corporate laboratory in the middle of the night. <laughs> what could go wrong? <laughs> How about freaky monster attacks, Abraham disappears, and Logan has to team up with three strangers who are mysteriously trapped in the building to untangle a web of intrigue and betrayal, all while evading the horrific creatures stalking them from the shadows. Maybe things would be easier if Logan knew who he could trust, then again, maybe not. (laughs) (laughs) So, it's very funny, but it's also got, it's also very creepy. Yeah. And I, I love it, I love it. It's, it's like if, through the Woods was adapted for a more mature audience Ooh. thrown in with uh, with something Chip Zdarsky would write like, <laughs> Howard, like Howard the Duck oh my yeah. god <laughs> Through the Woods meets Howard the Duck all smashed <laughs> together and I love it it's really good and nice. if you have not read Through the Woods definitely uh, read Through the Woods it's a mm-hmm. it's a collection of short stories uh, what's a carol something carol carol or no am I m- making that up think so. Not to be confused with the play. Okay. Which is yeah, Into yeah. the Woods. Yeah, no, I was like, is she talking about the play? <laughs> no, I'm not talking about the play. Got it. Um, yeah, I was uh, trying to do the same thing. Uh, this was It was a book that we actually read um, as part of our weekly trade paperback discussion group. Um, Emily Carroll. Emily Carroll. Yeah. I was right, Carol something. Carol something. <laughs> yes, definitely. Um, and it was actually uh, a web comic. It started out as a, a, a web comic, mm-hmm. and they're individual stories, but the overarching theme is um, it's like kid appropriate horror. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and it's so good. It's so and good. And the art so is creepy. amazing. Yeah. Yes. It's it's like if it's basically intro to horror for. Not just kids, but teens as mm-hmm. well. Because it doesn't come off as kiddish or like, yeah. oh, this is supposed to be scary, but it's actually yeah. not. It's genuinely kind of creepy and freaky yeah. and amazing. <laughs> I like <laughs> it. I like it. That sounds really interesting. And I like the fact that it's a straight-to-trade paperback, so you don't have to wait for the same issues. Yeah. Yeah. But I see it's book one, so I'm assuming there's going to be several books to follow. Yeah, there's going to be more content. So cool. Yes. We'll have uh, to check it out. it up. Check it out. Follow her on Twitter. Uh, I'll post up her Twitter page. But it's really great. I love it. Nice. Awesome. Excellent. Well, girls, this is Sarah, and on my radar, I don't know if you guys have noticed uh, that Tokyo Pop will be publishing a manga that is going to be the... Um, uh, basically, Nightmare Before Christmas Part 2. Oh. Yes. It's very interesting. It's um, Tim Burton approved, and it's basically zero. It's Tim Burton approved? I believe wow. so, yes. 
Um, it could. They're even saying that it may, like, uh, they're hoping. Well, this is wishful thinking, of course, that it may be like a, a short a film or something like that. Um, but it's uh, actually Zero's Journey and. Uh, oh my gosh! Really? Yes. Oh, yeah, and it's actually going to be coming out in 2018. So. Oh wow! It's kind of around the corner. Yeah. Tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's actually my cheese de la semana because I'm a big Tim Burton fan. So that's I can't awesome. wait to see what happens. Yeah. And I can't wait to see what kind of art they come up with. I know manga has kind of like a certain type of art. Um, mm-hmm. But, um, but well, I'm kind of interested. Really yes, good. we've, we've been, uh, Tokyo Pop has a Disney license and they've already been, um, we've already been receiving a lot of their. Um, Disney-inspired manga stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a yes. <laughs> uh, there's a Beauty and the Beast. Oh, so really? Beautiful. Yeah, the Beauty I and the Beast it. is really nice. Um, and for whatever reason, that's the only thing that's coming to mind. <laughs> <laughs> so they've done an interpretation. Um, uh, um, uh, the Disney, um, uh, Disney Kilala Princess. Oh, which yeah. Is a princess who meets up with all the other Disney princesses and they're teaching her, like, how to be a princess. And it's really cute. Mm-hmm. It's really fun, appropriate, all ages. They've done a Stitch one. Yeah, that's right. From Lilo and yeah. Stitch. Uh, one where it's just his solo title one and one where he's, like, in a dance competition. Uh-huh. So it's really fun and cute. They've done the Nightmare Before Christmas one, uh, an adaptation of it. They've done a Beauty and the Beast one. And they've also... Um, I believe there is in the works one for um, it's either Mulan or Pocahontas. Oh. oh. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's just they've really coming out with like a lot of these really nice Disney ones uh, that are really cool. Yeah. So when uh, Tokyo Pop basically took a long hiatus, oh, um, they a had yeah, yeah, very long hiatus, and they had some uh, some negativity that they were battling against when they came back onto the comic book scene. Um, but this Disney license is one of the ways that they're really trying to um, come back and come back strong. And there's a lot of fans who just, um, they're very, very salty and um, they're, they're really kind of apprehensive um, about Tokyo Pop. And I wasn't really... Uh, in the comic book scene, and um, wasn't I don't read manga, so I don't really know um, the whole story. But I just know <laughs> that um, there's a lot of fans who um, absolutely um, are uh, don't want to have anything to do with Tokyo Pop. Yeah. Um, but as a retailer and actually talking to Tokyo, they were actually they had a table at our um, free comic book day. Oh, Hill really? Mm-hmm. They were there. Um, and then just talking to them, they're so passionate about what they're doing now. Mm-hmm. And this Disney manga stuff, it actually, it, it looks really awesome. So yeah. I really um, hope that they are successful in uh, coming back and creating a more positive uh, name for themselves um, based on uh, just the, the passion that I can see that they're putting into their work now. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. I was too young for the... Not yeah. manga, manga drama when that <laughs> happened. So I came in later. So when I heard that they were doing this, I was just like, oh, sign me up. Yeah. But yeah. then later on, when I was trying to recommend stuff to other people, they're like, <gasps> yeah, no, I will never touch Tokyo Pop ever again. <laughs> and wow. I'm just like, whoa, okay, okay, I got it. I got, whoa. I got other stuff for you, but okay, I got that. <laughs> Tokyo Pop, nothing. Okay, got. Wow, yeah. that's some hardcore stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. 
Well, I hope they do well. I mean, I, everybody's kind of been waiting for some kind of Nightmare Before Christmas sequel <laughs> anyway, so it's been a while. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I one of my favorite movies. You tell me Nightmare Before Nightmare Before Christmas and I'm like whatever, but you tell me that it's Tim Burton approved and that has my antenna up actually more so. Mm-hmm. So I would l- be interested to see what's coming. Absolutely. Uh secondly on my on my radar is uh Molcajete Dominguero. Yay! Yay! Yay. So this is an event that happens once a month somewhere in L.A., um, <laughs> so you have to follow them, guys. Oh, so yeah. it's a different place every month? Yes. Oh. Uh, so this month is going to be August 20th, and it's going to be in Boyle Heights. So I, I, they still don't have an address posted up, but it's something you guys should follow only because there's some great um, Latino-inspired art and crafts mm-hmm. and uh, products. So, I mean, they have, like, a scented uh, candle that's scented, like, conchas. Oh, or, my <laughs> Or they have a, um, a keychain that has, like, a mini concha, a mini mazapan, and an elote. Or, or a tamal. Or you can that's get... That's awesome. Or you can get your purse that's shaped like a concha or, or one of those porquito panes. Um, oh. Or you can get your Frida-inspired T-shirts. I mean, they, the list goes on of items that you can find at this uh, event. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like a swap meet uh-huh. sort of thing. Um, but it's all like um, individual personal artisan yes, people? Yes, okay. exactly. So nice. and, and it's also um, um, supporting local businesses, mm-hmm. uh, small businesses, and you're buying from the people that make them. Yeah. So, it, you know, you get to talk to them and see what inspired them and how they went about to, you know, like there's all sorts of uh, wins you could take from this event. What's it called again? Uh, Molcajete mm-hmm. Dominguero. Dominguero. Yeah, Molcajete Dominguero. Okay. Um, and that's actually where my uh, my cousin got her T-shirt that says oh, "Educated uh-huh. Latina in Old English." Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a throwback at the Old English, like Chola, Chola Yeah. Uh-huh. But it's educated Chicana guys. Yes. Because <laughs> because uh, it's all about education. So um, in the end, um, a lot of people will stop in the street and they're like, "Oh my God, I love your T-shirt." Yeah. Yeah. Like that's awesome. I didn't know that it was once. A month. Um, yeah. I had heard you talk about it before, but I thought it was like a yearly thing. I didn't realize it was so often. There's mm-hmm. another event that's called Concha Con, mm-hmm. and that is once a year, okay. and it's similar to Molcajete Dominguero. Um, but um, I'm I'm looking forward to going this time around, and hopefully, I don't know, meet up some artists. Uh, you know, if you want a pillow shaped like a cactus, you can find <laughs> it there. Uh, you want a new age um, loteria game, oh. you can find it there. <laughs> so, like, uh, El Facebook. So, the question <laughs> that I think everyone is thinking, because it's what I'm thinking, is this... Um, Placito Olvera um, prices or like um, I think this could be classified as like a swap meet slash Etsy prices. Okay. So the oh, range okay. is, the range is, is mm-hmm. you know big. Okay. I mean a lot of these people you know they with their with their little right. hands they they're like molding these concha out of polymer clay. I right. Mean, you know the you know. The level of intricacy that the people put into their product. Of course, yeah. yeah so, um, you know, you can expect a wide range. Um, I'm sh- I think at one point they had cupcakes that were like, um, one was I think uh, the flavor of uh, churro. 
So oh. I mean, it's like it's like you know stuff. You know, that's very Latin and speaks to a lot of mm-hmm. Latinos out there, you know. Oh, churro cupcake. I never thought of that. I know, right? I want And with the uh, with, uh, café de olla, heck yeah. Oh, mm. oh, my, oh gosh. my gosh. I, I have dreams about that uh, café de olla that we had across the street from the... Uh, oh, that, like, is, oh that, is, that is the closest that I had ever gotten to actually, like, being back in Guatemala. Yeah. Yeah. It, was so yeah, it was so good. Are yeah, I really need to learn how to make that because, man, that stuff is golden. Yeah, I feel like I need to ask my grandma to send me her olla <laughs> and, just, and just make the cafe I de olla I definitely think that's the secret. It's the olla. That's it the has olla. to be. It has they to don't be. Make them, they don't make them the same here. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, they don't. I, um, I actually ended up bringing um, um, cinnamon sticks from Nicaragua mm-hmm. thinking mm-hmm. that it was going to magically make my coffee cafe de olla. Yeah. It did not. <laughs> so there is a special... So you got to bring the olla back. I gotta do something because, uh, yeah, the the skills on making that is there. There has to be some kind of secret that I don't know about. Mm-hmm. But yes, uh, yeah, support this event. Um, they you can follow them on Instagram, and I believe they ha- do have a Facebook. And they will soon. I'm pretty sure will be posting up their um, um, their information on where the location is this time. Do um, they usually stay in the east side? Uh, no, there were once in L.A., and I think in another time they were in Norwalk or Downey. I can't remember. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. But, they, you know, like all around area, I mean, I guess what they do is they kind of look for a place that is going to be able to um, hold them. To hold them, How yeah. big is it? Um, kind of ballroom. Okay. Ballroom mm-hmm. big, kind okay. of. Um, they also, mm-hmm. like it, or if you have the talent and you have a product out there that, you know, you think that th- these people would like to have and host, um, you could also follow them. They have a website, and you could apply and try to get a table. Awesome. Yeah, nice. so um, there's that information. So that's that's uh, that's what's on my radar, guys. Mm-hmm. And just a quick correction on my radar. I said Becky Coonan did Batgirl. No, they did Gotham Academy and Punisher. Oh, ah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for that. All right, guys, I guess that brings us to the end of our episode. Any prologue or epilogue? Which one comes at the end? Epilogue. epilogue. <laughs> Any epilogues? <laughs> well, a quick shout-out to Sam Humphrey. Yes. yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. He's been, he's been a very, very nice to us. Uh, he sent us a very nice care package. He did, and hopefully I can find it. Uh, but and he posted um uh, the pinata that um uh, Sarah sent to him and it is now as he said patrolling his uh office and right in front of that Jaime Hernandez print which is amazing I want one of those oh my god same but yes Thank you to him. He sent us a care package with some individually personalized um, comics, but he also sent us stuff to uh, to give away to listeners. So um, we are going to be having him as a guest on a future <gasps> dun, 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 um, dun, dun, dun. podcast. So um, we'll definitely uh, do some giveaways, I think, um, online uh, so that we can drum up some interest in listening to that particular podcast. 
Not only that, um, it, you guys have to come and listen to that because I feel that he's going to be very inspirational, and I feel that he's going to have a. I have a lot of questions. So. <laughs> I do too. So I am, I'm already. I'm writing them down right now. Right. Is one of them? Are you single? <laughs> no, he's no. newly married. Yeah, right? just just married. <laughs> and I, I crossed it. I'm crossing it. Crossing it out. Crossing it out. Guys, cross it out. Uh, so I'm very excited about that. Super excited. I'm going to be sweating, but who cares? <laughs> I, I get so excited about these things. Uh, so special, huge shout out to him. Thank you so much. Um, um, it was so much fun to make that piñata, and I'm so happy he liked it. It was awesome. Yeah. Yes, and huge shout out to all of you who are interacting with us on Instagram. We have a lot of people who are um, commenting and liking and um, really interacting with us, and I really appreciate that, and I love it, and um, keep doing more of that. So if you um, aren't already following us, definitely follow us on Instagram at Comadres e Comics. Or follow us on Twitter at Comic Comadres and see the latest stuff Sarah makes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And you guys can follow us on Facebook. Most of the stuff we talked about in this episode, we'll be posting up the links on our Facebook page. And um, hopefully that, um, you know, you can follow us there and get more information of the stuff we were talking about. Um, also... Um, the ladies here are going to, uh, we're probably going to be at the Los Angeles Comic Con, formerly known Kamikaze. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, we're hoping to be. We're definitely um, submitting a panel proposal for um, a combined panel on diversity in comics and Quinta panel. Um, we are um, going to be. Uh, partnering up with Fanbase Press and um, Sebastian, I can't, Catalic, I can't remember how to pronounce his last name. It's a, a unique last name. But um, so we did submit a proposal. So cross your fingers. And if uh, any of you have any um, ins to the people who uh, can uh, give us the thumbs up to panels at LA Comic Con. Definitely put in a good word for uh, Commodity Comics and Fanbase Press. <laughs> uh, yeah, and that event will be happening October the 27th through the 29th. Um, also, we are going to be at the Latinos, the Latino Comics Expo, and that's in Long Beach. And that event is November 11th and 12th. So I'm so looking forward to that one. I know. So totally, guys. You have to come down and meet us. Say hello. Hopefully we can record on site. I always say that, but we never do. (laughs) (laughs) But stop by and say hello, guys. We will have some swag, so hopefully we can see you there. Um, I'm only letting you guys know now because the tickets will be going on sale pretty soon. So that's that's my epilogue. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. So uh, thank you so much to the listeners. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your support. Thank you for um, all your likes and following us on Facebook and all the social media outlets. Um, We have been your hosts. I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Ciao.